The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily. Then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. And you can do that all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, and this is my personal testimony, of course, I feel like having options like video podcasts and Q&A and polls has let me be creative on another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Hello, lonely lads and ladies. The following is a special presentation of our Patreon-exclusive content. If you want to hear more of our OC Recap podcast, head over to patreon.com slash thehoppyboyspod and subscribe to whichever tier suits your podcast needs. Thank you so much for supporting us as we grow. Hey there. Residents of Newport Beach, I guess. Not not Upper East Siders this time because wow. uh, I am here. I am here to... Welcome, I, I don't even know how to start this, but I, I'm just going to go with it. Welcome to the very first episode of our Lonely Boys spinoff podcast named DVD, because we don't have a name for it yet, but maybe we can figure that out live on the podcast, because that's right, I am here to break down season one, episode one of the classic teen drama, The O.C., the show that started it all back before there was Gossip Girl, Josh Schwartz was busy making this iconic teen drama with all the those iconic characters that we grew to love. Um, and we're going to be talking about the pilot in this episode. My name is Matt, but I'm not here by myself. I'm here with, you know, my regular co-host from the Lonely Boys podcast. So if you've listened to that, you'll of course know who he is. Uh, welcome to the new podcast, bitch, Brendan Ruppel. <laughs> oh, wow. Hello. I'm, of course, your co-host of Creepy Uncle Podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, hello, hello, Cream Nation. I'm recording live from the Crematorium in, in a whole uh, with a whole new setup here. We got a big, big new show. I don't know if it's a spinoff or if it's a new show. I guess we would call it because, um, like you said, this is the show that started it. So could this really be a spinoff of our Gossip Girl podcast? It's it's the spinoff prequel podcast. Okay, all right. I guess like the better call Saul to Breaking Bad. That makes sense. Sure, we'll go with it. Yeah, yeah. Just listening to our most recent, not to date this podcast, but our most recent Lonely Boys episode, and you brought up Better Call Saul on that one, too. So it seems uh, it's, like you're it's, a little bit obsessed this, right now. I was thinking during this uh, watch of this pilot that it would be funny if Bob Odenkirk was Sandy also, and how that would all play out. <laughs> Why Bob Odenkirk is Sandy? Cause, well, because he's a lawyer. like the, but He's a, a similar type of lawyer uh, okay. in that show, but just like a, just can't a, a get drug lord. Better Call Saul. <laughs> I can't. Bobby Odes is my man. And wouldn't it be great if I, I was going to say I don't know any of the other actors in Better Call Saul, so I can actually can't keep this bit going. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> that really yeah, that been would great. be really good, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. It's this is uh, we've been teasing at this for a long time. Maybe some people thought this was like a, a running bit that we were just joking about doing, but we we take bits very seriously here. 
Listen, I thought we were going to start this after we finished Gossip Girl, but uh, you got a little antsy. You really wanted to watch The O.C. You kept talking it up, and uh, I was like, you know what? I like Gossip Girl enough where I th- I'm pretty sure from what you said, you like The O.C. maybe a little bit more. So if I like that show, I probably like this show quite a bit. And this is one of the shows, I mean, we'll get into my background with it, I'm sure. But this is one of the shows I have a little bit more knowledge, not much, but marginally more knowledge of than I did Gossip Girl right. going into it. So, uh, as you mentioned, and we might as well just go into our OC backstories. Um, and you know what? I don't even have to worry about time because we're splitting this one into two, right? So, I can go for four hours you if can, I you want. You can go on. Not have to worry, yeah, not have to worry about Ligori or Bebop or anyone else selling, <laughs> selling us. <laughs> Those are our two biggest enemies. <laughs> and our two biggest patrons. Uh, they are a part of the, uh, <laughs> the highest level tier. That's right. They give us $30 a month. <laughs> um. So yeah, I, I have recently said that OC is probably, you know, the better show overall than Gossip Girl, but Gossip Girl was the one that always had my heart. Always I always wanted to start a Gossip Girl podcast just because um I, I've I've told my Gossip Girl backstory, but I, I got into it, you know, my, my final winter break of of college and I watched the whole thing, then immediately watched it again and I've just watched it again after that so i'd watched it a lot of times watched many episodes with many different people and just you know fell in love that was my entrance in to the josh schwartzaverse and everyone had been telling me you gotta watch the oc you gotta watch the oc uh including friends of the pod charles kurz and brian scally and lita brillman everyone and future friend of the pod jordan parhar of course big um EOC fan, famous for having one of the longest podcast episodes of Rob Has a Podcast ever <laughs> when he did a uh, like a six-hour recap of the wow. OC series in total. Um, so yeah, all, all of my friends were telling me I had to watch it, and I said, listen, I'm going to do it. Let me get to it. I have to finish watching all of Degrassi first, and then Naturally. all of Degrassi next class. So that took me a good year and a half. So I, it was a while, and then finally, the summer of 2020. Oh. It was the, uh, the, the pandemic summer, so I had nothing else to do. It was the last couple of months uh, at my job, so I wasn't really worried about that either. So I was, I couldn't go anywhere, and I didn't have anything to do. And I had finished Degrassi, and I said, "This is it. I'm going to start the OC." Oh my god! And it, uh, it took me no time at all. I finished in that summer. It was like pretty much on the weekends. I was like watching um, half a season at least, and then I'd get to work and I'd just listen like five consecutive episodes of the OC podcast I was listening to at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's talk OC by the uh, same the same girls that oh. do the Gossip Girl podcast that I also listen to. Okay, well, um, if that's our competition for names, then I think we got this in the bag. <laughs> how, how dare you insult future <laughs> guests of the pod, the the hosts of Let's Talk OC? And I also want to um, say too, like th- this just sounds just like the show is iconic. That this moment in um, OC history must be like, everyone must know where they were when Matt Gagan started and finished. The OC that summer. It wasn't because of the pandemic summer. They knew where they were. <laughs> Anyone, everyone can think of the, the the space they were in when they heard about the great well, <laughs> Matt yeah. Gagan well, watching. Certainly, certainly, everyone I just named knew where they were because yeah. I was texting them my thoughts all throughout <laughs> the thing, giving them all of them many texts a day, just giving them all my thoughts. That was one of the most exciting parts of it. And so, like I said, I finished it in less than two months. This was my July and August 2020 product product project, and then uh, after that. I had a little bit of a break, but then, um, then in the new year, I rewatched again. I, uh, I, my, my mother wanted to have a show, much like with Gossip Girl, wanted to have the show she could watch with me, and so we had already Aww. watched Gossip Girl. So I said, "Let's, Famous let's do Mom. some OC now." Yeah. So yeah, of course. 
So we watched some OC. So beginning of 2021, I binged it again. I had not seen it at all. And then, then I had already seen it twice. And then as soon as I finished, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark of the OC fame started their own OC podcast. So I started watching again to keep up with the podcast. <laughs> wow. And you, then you, Brendan I, Ruppel of the Lonely Boys <laughs> wanted to start an OC podcast. So I'm starting again. This is going to be like fourth watch through in less goodness. than two years. Out of control. You're, I, I see uh, you're up to like, well, now I don't know where you are because you just started watching again because we're on the same HBO Max account. But I think you're <laughs> in like the middle of season two. Was that right? Before this rewatch? Yes. All, at the tail end of season two. Okay. That's where they are. And um in the uh, Welcome to the OC Bitches, which of course would have been the perfect uh, podcast title for this podcast if yeah, they hadn't already selfishly pulling it. Yeah, I you know what? So you 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 tell me your OC backstory, and then so just to wrap up, I went from never watching it a couple years ago to now I'm on my fourth watch, which is pretty much essentially the same as Gossip Girl. I'm on my fourth and fifth watch for Gossip Girl okay. as well. So now that I've seen them almost equal amounts of times. Um, you know, OC is the better show with the better cast overall and the more likable characters mm. overall. As I said, like Gossip Girl, the cast <laughs> is like purposely unlikable. Whereas yeah. OC, these are characters we are meant to root for. Some of them have flaws, but for the most part, we are supposed to root for these characters. And I think you could probably see that even in this very Already, first episode. So yeah. so, yeah. So you you give me your backstory with the OC. Had you heard of it? Uh, did you know what a big phenomenon it was? And then uh, And then we'll move on from there. Uh, so yeah, well, first off, I just want to say that it's crazy that you have had such. This is now going to be your third, like, super intensive watch, a very in-depth watch, where the first two, after your initial watch, were like literally reading or listening along to a podcast. Like, that's a super, uh, like, intensive just journey to go on. And now you're going to talk about it. Like, is that too much for you? Like, is it, you're going to enjoy this, or is that you can't you can't get enough of this this content? I'm gonna hate it. You're going to see me hate this. <laughs> I'm going to no, make gonna you dislike it. it. And I'm going to know it like pretty well because just the fact that I yeah. essentially just keep rewatching the show in perpetuity, just all like I'm gonna, I feel like even more so than Gossip Girl now, I'm going to be very knowledgeable at this yeah, show. Yeah, that's what it seems very like. Fresh yeah. in my mind. And um, so I'm going to feel even stupider on the show like, than I do on the other show. <laughs> and it's going to, it seems like every time I start the show, a new podcast is born. Or maybe it's the other way around. <laughs> it seems like, do you think Carl Tart's going to start an OC podcast too? You know what? We're done. We're done with Earwolf if he does. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> After compete. Scott just ripped off uh, our uh, Sisterhood ah. of the Traveling Pants podcast. What's what's our next off-season movie? Is he gonna, he's going to do that one next, I bet. Probably. So if we figured it out, we can't tell him. I guess not. Uh, the text chain. But, but he, sorry, Scott. <laughs> sorry. You get in the boot. Um, <laughs> but okay, so I, I said it, I, I knew marginally more about the show than I did Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl, all I knew about it was Blake Lavie was on it. And... Uh, now we're in uh, the middle of the back half of season two on that show. And uh, going into that show, I assumed that I was like, oh, this is like the face of the show. I'm going to just maybe my favorite character. And like the more we watch that show, the less I like her and the more I like everybody else. Um, oh, yeah. This show, I feel like I knew a lot of the actors' faces just because they are still sort of in stuff, a lot of them. Like like Sandy's a huge one, uh, famously banging Zoe Chanel on that show. Um <laughs> I think he pops up. Show. He pops. He, he pops up a lot in uh, in media. Um, Adam Brody. I, I love him from Gilmore Girls. Uh, of course. Very very funny how he famously show, left Gilmore Girls to because he got the job on the OC. Yeah, good for him. I'm so glad he. I didn't know he was like a, a day one starter. He's like a, a main a main cast member. So good for him. Oh, yeah. Um, also, just like interesting that he's sort of. We'll get into that too. But he's a, a nerd on this show, and he's kind of a heartthrob on on Gilmore Girls. 
maybe he becomes a hard threat yeah. later in, in, in the OC, but for now, like the uh, typical nerd. But uh, all, all the characters are just like, again, another um, Josh Ward. So like having hot teens. Like, you know, oh, yeah. He, he, know, he knows how to cast a hot teen. <laughs> assembling <laughs> sure hot does. teens for, for a show. <laughs> and these are teens in this show, the actors? No, no, they're okay. they're well. I, they're even older than the cast of Gossip Girl. Right, so they they could even be like a temporary. It's like they could be his age because he's he's a pretty young. Um, yeah, I just young to guy. go through it. I, ben McKenzie, who plays Ryan, is uh, twenty four when this starts. I believe Adam Brody was twenty three when it started. Okay. Uh, Rachel Bilson was twenty one, turning twenty two when it started, and then the only one, Misha Barton, who plays uh, Marissa. The only questionable one she's like 17 when this starts so i get okay, a little she does look uh, very young yeah all right so we yeah, won't especially when her. she has maybe a blossoming relationship with ryan who ben mckenzie is like 24 <laughs> when it starts so sure. I, like I, i've always said this i don't care like cast a 28 year old to play a teenager if you want i don't care i can yeah. suspend my disbelief yeah. just make sure the girl is also close to that age don't right. have the guy be 26 and the girl be like 17 and just totally. have them go on like they're both teenagers that's yeah. the only so so, but yeah, I mean, so Misha basically, Barton, get a little older, please. She'll she'll get there, I'm sure. We'll find out. But uh, honestly, uh, this show was more just like background noise to me growing up because it was a show that my sisters did watch. Uh, so I, ah, I I knew the taste, the theme song sisters. very well. I just I love yes. that Phantom Planet song. There's a few other good Phantom Planet songs out there. Uh, but it's, it's a this is like a, an all time theme song for a TV show. This is like a, a really thank you for a really good that. one. Yep. Uh, you hear that, Robin Akiva? Go fuck absolute yourself. Absolute all-timer. One of the best theme songs of all yeah, time, it, not it, to be eliminated in the first round of a theme song bracket. Yes, yeah, they really they do such a bad job at that. I feel like they just go with like what their favorite songs are. If they haven't heard of it, they don't like it. Exactly. They're stupid. But um, yeah, not not too much on this. I didn't really know any of the actors' names or actresses' names. Right. So you definitely knew of the OC more because the OC was a phenomenon when it started like it tapers off pretty quickly after the first two seasons but the first two seasons in particular like everyone was watching it, it was a huge hit on yes. uh, Fox it was big we were we were young when it was out obviously because uh, it's it's an older show but yeah, it, uh, it, it was like very much in the zeitgeist um, more so for me than Gossip Girl I didn't really know that was a, a big hit but the OC was like a, a huge deal for I think both of my older sisters Right, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, because we're both like nine years old when it comes out yeah. in two thousand three, and so I didn't really know who was it. I knew Peter Gallagher was in it because I, I'd seen him maybe in like commercials, and I just know, like you said, Peter Gallagher from just being in a bunch of things. Just I had seen him in a, a bunch of stuff that I had watched either as, either as guest spots or you know recurring characters or or even yeah, he does a lot sometimes. of guest spots. Yeah, he does. So I, I knew who Peter Gallagher was, and I knew he was like kind of the main adult. So I was excited about that. I knew Adam Brody was in it just because everyone talks about how Seth Cohen is the best character, and mm-hmm. how they love Seth Cohen, and how they love Adam Brody, and how hot Adam Brody is, and everything. <laughs> so I mean, I, I get the hotness no, from uh, Gilmore Girls, but like we, they really do a good job of dressing him up as a a nerd here. I think I think the hair yeah, dude think, does it for for them. Like that's right. they're really going for like the nerdy, and it also just be people calling him a nerd makes you think he's a nerd too like oh, i, <laughs> I think he it, is. he's i think in the pilot in in particular he's much more nerded up in the pilot and i think right. pretty quickly he'll he'll still be the nerdy awkward guy but he will you know be much much better to he'll, he'll kind of sex up a little bit <laughs> yeah then i his think hair, like, he's got down. such a, a voice where it can go both ways where it can be like oh that's a cool hot voice or it can be like what a fucking dork <laughs> yeah or sometimes both so <laughs> i knew adam brody was going to be here i was excited to see him and then of course i i knew 
Ben McKenzie was in it playing Ryan, but I had known Ben McKenzie from watching Gotham, uh, a show that uh, I had tried to get you is. into multiple times. Yeah, 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 he plays Detective Jim Gordon of Gotham, and that's how I knew him for the you know for my whole life. Well, not my whole life since Gotham premiered, um, and so I, I had trouble picturing him as not like an adult, like because he's like the a police detective slash commissioner in the show. So I was like, oh, he's playing a teenager in this show. That's going to take some time to get used to. But now, of course, I, I know him as Ryan Atwood first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and then Rachel Bilson, I had already been obsessed with, even though I had not seen the OC yet. I knew Rachel Bilson mainly from her four episodes of How I Met Your Mother. And her. Uh, she was also in the movie The To-Do List. But even... Just the limited amount I knew her from, I was already obsessed with her. I famously think she is the second most beautiful person in the world, um, or on the, the women's world. side at least. Wow, second most beautiful woman in the world, behind only uh, Olivia Wilde, of course. Um, of course, of course, that goes without saying. Every, everyone knows that. And so, very excited to see her. And you know, not, not to spoil how I feel about these characters, but of course, Summer is going to go on to be if not number one, one of my favorite characters at the entire show because the prettiest girl in the cast is usually going to be the most iconic character by teen law, by teen <laughs> by drama teen, law. I was disappointed because the way that Adam Brody had uh, hyped her up before we meet her, I was like, oh, this is going to be the best girl. And then yeah. much like in my watch of the Gossip Girl show, <clears throat> I wasn't a huge fan of Blair at the beginning. So I'm like, maybe this right. is going to be a similar sort of thing where like, I didn't think she was even that pretty in the beginning of summer. I thought uh, Rachel Bilson way outdid her. Um, and uh, I was like, you know what? Maybe she's gonna get to be something. Once, once we, which, all the chaotic girls are like off-putting at first, and then they become great. Right. Yeah, and it's a tough pilot for um, Summer. Uh, it it takes some time. She Rachel Bilson not even technically part of the main cast yet in the beginning of season one. So once they figure out what to do with her, I mean, she goes through you know almost more character development than anyone in the show. Okay. Very excited yeah. to see her journey and take you through that. She also looks then, just very uh, young in this in this uh, episode too. So I'm glad right. I'm glad I wasn't that attracted to her because she, she looks very young. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad I wasn't attracted. <laughs> it was a test and I passed. Um, and then the other member of the core four, Misha Barton, playing Marissa Cooper, famously the probably the most boring member of the core four, but almost just as important mm. nonetheless. She's, I thought it was maybe just there. like an she's... intro episode sort of feeling where even like Ryan had like three three lines all episode long, and the two of them are supposed to be like a man this, of these few mis- words. Yeah, these mysterious characters that'll get more interesting yeah. later on. But I guess maybe she is just that that way. No, that's Ryan. He's Ryan is at least is a, he's a man of few words, and he is. It's so impressive what Ben McKenzie is able to do because he's able to convey like so much emotion just through, he like, does. one line and then like a look. It's very impressive. Right, because today um, like, this is are. his show in this episode, yes. so it's like amazing how few lines the like ma- seemingly the main character has. I was going to say that too because back when we watched the Gossip Girl pilot, we were trying to figure out like who is the main protagonist of the show. You could argue Serena, Dan, or Blair really in that first episode, mm-hmm. but in the OC pilot. There's no mystery. This was this is Ryan's story. We are telling it completely from Ryan's point of view. Yeah. Like Ryan is shown to be the main character of the OC. Yep. And you're in his head. Even though Seth is going to be the one with most of the lines, Ryan is going to be <laughs> one right. Because he just, he's just who, a chatty character. Where right. Ryan, you're just tr- sort of like getting what he's feeling through his body language. And that's their dynamic. We'll we'll see it in this first episode where Seth will just talk and talk and talk and continue his conversation even if Ryan is not t- saying anything back. <laughs> and then Ryan will just like say one word or give him a nod at the at the end. And that's their friendship. And it's I, I love the dynamic between the two of them. Yeah, it's great. It, it is like you said earlier. It's it's interesting to just have 
this sort of contrast between this and Gossip Girl, where already we're, we're getting a friendship. Like, it's, it's so difficult in Gossip Girl. We really root for these characters that hate each other to, like, have scenes together just so they yeah. can maybe get... Even if they don't like each other, it's just, like, it's nice to see them in the same room. Uh, we're already in episode one. We have two guys that could be best friends through the whole series. Absolutely. And so it's just and so nice to see. I guess since we are talking about the characters already, uh, like... Based on the first episode, who are, is maybe your favorite character and least favorite character so far? Like it's, it's like you're a guest. Like I ask my guests, the guests when they come on, who's your favorite and least favorite uh, characters? I think maybe so first, first impressions. First impressions. Uh, probably Ryan is is uh, a favorite of mine. Uh, I, I know Seth uh, is going to go on to be another favorite, but uh, it's just it's weird to have a bunch of people that I like already. It was it was really tough in, in the beginning of the last series. We started recapping because i was like kind of grasping at straws for who like, like you said this they're just like not <laughs> likable um right but this show i feel like a lot of people like sandy was great like, all, all of like the oh, men yeah. were great so far even um his wife wasn't so bad like we were used to having having such shitty parents on gossip and we're gonna keep <clears throat> kind of relating this back to that show inevitably but right. um i don't know I, I think with all the bad parents on that show it was nice to see some people care about their kids and uh just be normal people uh so i liked most of the main characters, but I think Ryan takes the cake for just being like the uh, tank top hunk uh, who's just this mysterious man of little words. And he's also, for such a bad boy, like, not a douchebag either. Like, <clears throat> looks out for Seth, um, exactly. under, under, understands when he like gets up in his grill. He's like, no, he's trying to help him out the whole episode. Um, you'd think you'd think he would be, you know, based on his background and everything, and and that's what everyone thinks. He's just a criminal. He's just whatever. But Ryan is such a good boy yeah. with such a, a strict like moral code. He's very loyal. He hardly knows Seth, but he's gonna you know back him up. Like, yeah, this is my boy. Ryan is just so good. Yeah. I, I love Ryan so much. And yeah, so I mean, same as you. I everyone has told me that Seth is the best character and i actually have written down in my notes somewhere that i think seth will be your favorite character yeah i, I, I guess see shades of that for sure of course always good for a laugh he has the best um you know laugh out loud lines probably <laughs> of the show even though yeah as i keep making the case ryan very underrated funny with what he's able yeah. to convey with uh, just a like short sarcastic response or just like a, a look or a side eye very good at the side mm -hmm. eye um but yeah ryan there's always, if we are having to pick between Team Seth and Team Ryan, and some people will make you pick, I was always more Team Ryan than Team Seth. For me, Ryan and Summer are my two favorite characters of the show. I go back and forth between them um, for who's my number one overall favorite, but yeah. it's definitely those two for me. I don't hate Seth at all. He's definitely up there. He'd be oh, up yeah. there along with, along with Sandy, who is also very funny. And I... You know, I hate the adult characters in I know. teen dramas, but Sandy, you will see that I will always make an exception for Sandy Cohen. He is so, like, he is such Incredible. A, like, a, a fun dad, a funny guy, a, a good guy. Living in a sea of just these rich people, he is the guy that is still, like, fighting for the little man, kind of. Yeah. Like, bringing Ryan home. Like, And so, I love Sandy Cohen so much, and I, you know, Seth is great, and then Ryan and Summer are my favorites, of course. And, um... Yeah, San Sandy Cohen it was a tough one, because... Um, I'm just programmed now to like not expect these parents to be good forever. So I see him and like, oh, this guy's great, but like, what's he gonna do wrong next? Like, he's got to. He yeah, can't what's be like he hiding. He, exactly. I, I figured he was hiding something. Um, like there ha had to be some sort of mo uh, ulterior motive for him to be doing this. But I guess this is just might be his character, and he's just a a good dude who's a, a big guy fighting for the little guy because he came from that world. Um, exactly. So I I, um, I loved him too. Um, 
but it's something about like and I know I, I will like Seth because he, he did have a lot of good laughs uh, I love his interesting little speech impediment really cool <laughs> uh, but Ryan is just like there's something about him that uh, I just like a lot because you know there's so much more to him and I can't wait to just like un- unlock that yes. box a little bit of what else is you going on in that see brain more. you're begging to yeah, see more yeah I think that that's an important trait was like don't give it all up in the first episode so I just it's just they do a good job of giving you enough but not giving it all to you because Seth you feel like you like oh I know exactly what this guy's all about right his first scene you're like oh okay I, yeah, I get who Seth I get Cohen it. is yeah <laughs> Um, so you mentioned you pretty much like all the cast. Did you have any negative first impressions for anyone? Did you have a least favorite character after one episode? Um, well, I, I don't know if this guy qualifies, but, um, what's her name's boyfriend? The douchebag with the truck sucks, obviously. Luke? It's pretty obvious. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good yeah. truth. And he'll be main cast after this episode, so he definitely counts. Okay. Um, otherwise, but like people that were, I think we might be rooting for, I, I really didn't like Summer in this first episode, like I said earlier. Um, it's tough, so, but I get it. It's, yeah. She's just not fun. She she leaves the poor girl uh, passed out on her driveway. Yeah. She's like annoying <laughs> yeah, the whole time. She's, she's trying to bang Ryan, and um, <laughs> it's like very creepy and handsy with him. Not that he, I don't think, I don't think he minded that much, but she's just like she's uh, an all around uh, mess, which can be fun at some point. Yeah, I well, could tell you were about to say hobag, and then you <laughs> censored yourself and just and just, just said uh, mess. You know, classic hobag. I, I, I knew. I, I knew prefer. I prefer housey these days. I like the word housey. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, it's hard for me to, to hear about summer in that light, but I get it for the first episode. Tough yeah. first episode for like her. Like I said, I, I Blair could... was not my favorite in the beginning, and then yeah. uh, here and we then are. And she won you over pretty quickly. Pretty so quickly. we'll see how the summer uh, character development evolves. But Luke is a good answer. Luke, obviously, a big douchebag. He's I mean, gonna be kind of a, a main antagonist here in the in the early going. Right, that's the thing. I don't so want to like give an antagonist uh, like a least favorite character. Right. That's, that's you know, right. Too that's much the, that's what they want you to. That's think. what they want. But you know what, Luke, I number have... one guy, favorite character. <laughs> uh, me truck, personally, buddy. I have I have always hated Jimmy Cooper, Marissa's dad, the uh, the shady business guy. Oh in yeah. This episode. See, I, I I didn't know what to think of him yet because. Um, him and the the mom, the other mom, were, were friendly. I'm like, oh, maybe we'll get some good stuff out of these two, even though it seems like yes. they're going to bang at some point. Uh, and, 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 and we'll get to <laughs> we'll, that. Uh, yeah, and we'll get to the and we'll get to if that. it does exist or not. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jimmy Cooper has always been one of, if not the least favorite character of mine. Just I, And some people disagree. Some people like Jimmy, but I think he sucks. And we, of course, we will, we, we will see where the Jimmy character goes. Um, and as far as his first episode goes, wasn't loving Kirsten. Like, I get where she's coming from, but just me loving Ryan so much, I was getting so mad at her when I she know, it's was tough, calling him a we criminal. See, we saw the stuff and, that she's not seeing, so it's difficult. But like, yeah. knowing her point of view, you understand what she's... At, at least, like, for her making these annoying parent decisions, they're all totally valid. Yeah, but I can still hate her for saying yeah, it. Yeah, you can, of course. Um, all right, so we, we, we've we gotten all this backstory rubbish out of the way. Now, uh, do you think we can come up with a name for the for the podcast? Or if we can't, we'll, I mean, we have we have plenty of time. I don't even know when this is going to be released or anything. So we'll, we'll figure it out in yeah. due time. But I mean, like, I, we, I, if we want to keep it, like, it's hard to keep it with the boys because Lonely Boys worked out because that's, that's an actual thing. But, like, I don't know. Right. All I can think of was, like, a, a, another cinema, a synonym for like boys or friends or like I, I thought of like orange county comrades but it sounds like it's like a, a, a war show i don't know <laughs> the orange county. i mean i yeah i was thinking like orange county boys but that, it's it doesn't really yeah. flow but orange county boys maybe the uh the 
the Sandy Boys. Sandy Boys. For, <laughs> for Sandy Cohen and because they live like on we're Sandy dripping. Beach. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like, that sounds like it's a Sandy like fan pod. Welcome back to the Sandy Boys. <laughs> Where we only talk about Sandy. Um, just just uh, shooting that out there. Well, yeah. I, I outsourced you know, to, to my group chat who last time I did that for the Gossip Girl podcast, Kirsten came back with the Lonely Boys and that ended up working out. Yeah. Coincidentally with the boys branding as well. But um, right this time and, you know, Austin came back and said something like, uh, California, here we pod, which is good, but, you know, a little wordy there. Well, no, you know? That, that to me is like screams like uh, an acapella type of name, which I always, they're always pretty cringy. California, here we pod. Oh, not, that wouldn't be an actual like acapella group's name. You're just saying like. Yeah, the same the, vein of like the way that they come up with their names. Yeah, Austin loves a stupid fucking pun. And I've told, <laughs> I've told but him But that's that not even a pun. Times, like, like come yeah, and pod. Or, yeah, that's just not, not good. Sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's very bad. Um, like I said, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark already stole Welcome to the OC Bitches from us, so probably can't use that <laughs> right, one. Right, right. Um, friend of the show, uh, Brian Scally. Came with, so you'll see, and this isn't a, a huge spoiler, but since the family, uh, the main family in the show, the Coens are uh, half Christian and half Jewish, they celebrate both Christmas and Hanukkah. And so the, okay. they have mushed it together, and the, the main holiday they celebrate is Chrismica. So uh, Scally suggested we could call ourselves the Christmas Cucks. <laughs> See, and now that I like. But now that's a good point. It doesn't explain what the show is at all, but I, exactly. I, I, I sure people, like it. I think people would be very confused. Yeah, I just thought it was funny. I think people would be very confused if we said, welcome back to another episode of the Christmas Cucks. Are these just like two Jesus-loving cucks? <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> what are they, they talking are about? Your, they are your two Jesus-loving cucks. <laughs> We go to church and fuck each other's wives. <laughs> we, we name the show the Two Jesus Loving Cucks, and it's a show about the OC. <laughs> Not even Christmas it'll, it'll tracks anymore. It's just okay. so. I don't know. I think there's, there's something. If we were like there, two we'll, moms, it would like we, there's something there for for like orange slices, maybe for like soccer games. I don't know. If we're soccer moms, but we're not moms. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no we are so not that's also not out. yet anyway yeah um, well maybe somebody can like listen to this sort of brainstorm session and get something out of it yeah, so someone get on this if you're hearing this message us right now what the name of our podcast should be and the winner will get absolutely nothing but yeah a you, heartfelt you just, you just thank to you keep paying for this patreon baby <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually we double we double the price <laughs> you get to pay us more that's nice of us oh yeah so um all right, now that we've riffed for like a half hour or so, I guess we can get into the episode. So right, let's do it. This is season one, episode one, Islet. And this is the only episode without the at the beginning of the title. Mm. You'll, you'll see that uh, probably, much to your pleasure here, the naming convention of the title is much different from Gossip Girl. They are not referencing anything. It is more, it is actually exactly the same as Seinfeld. Well, they will just say the and then something you know yeah. that explains and it, it absolutely was to my pleasure i i saw the title and finished <laughs> <laughs> finish the episode or finished both you know yeah, okay that's what i figured and this is uh, the, yeah. we can we can get a little raunchier on the uh the paid feed yes because <laughs> anyone who would get offended would not be paying for this so. <laughs> that's right not that we're are we clean on the other show not really no not really <laughs> no, not really right. i feel like Still making this. Right, maybe we'll be clean on this show. No cursing on this show. Okay. Get, we'll, we'll get that explicit warning off of our yeah, off of our out. branding. So, uh, season one, episode one, pilot. Not to be confused with the pilot that uh, the Seinfeld season four episode. This mm-hmm. is 
season one episode of the OC. Yeah, that's kind of what I expected uh, just, when I clicked on it. Yeah. <laughs> just after Ryan escapes jail time and is kicked out by his mother, his attorney, Sandy Cohen, brings him home to the dismay of his wife, Kirsten. Ryan meets their son, Seth, and other Newport teenagers who lead him to trouble, making Kirsten think again about letting Ryan stay in their home. That's right. They do live in Newport. Maybe they, uh, the, uh, the kind of rich ladies that kind of hang out together are called the Noopsies. Maybe we could call ourselves oh. the Noopsie Boys. <laughs> Honestly, that's not bad. <laughs> right, so we'll, we'll think about that one. We'll, we'll mull it over. All right. Uh, orig- original air date, August 5th, 2003. Like I said, the first some seven episodes of this season of wow. 27 total episodes of season one. Uh, the first seven are kind of take place in the summer, and then there's a little break, and they start again in the fall. So this was kind of like a mini introductory summer season for the OC. All right. I remember you saying that they, sometimes they do that. They, so they they have some long seasons in the show. They have like some 30-episode seasons. Oh, yeah. It's a, oh, boy. The, no, not 30. The first one's the longest. It's 27. Season 2 is okay. 24. Then season 3 is 25. So uh, on the longer side, season 4 is only 16 as it, it gets cut down a little. But yeah, okay. the first first season in particular, I, I you're going to be like, I can't believe all this happens in season 1. It feels like it's like three seasons in one. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, especially with a 45-minute show, too. And we have so and, it's four seasons total. Yes. Oh, bite sized. Okay. Well, yeah. I like, like I said, it, it got you know it really tapered off for whatever reason after like the first two seasons, and people just stopped caring, and then it got you know, I don't know canceled or if it yeah. was mutual or whatever. I mean, after which, four which seasons, could be good. I mean, especially because you say that the uh, Gossip Girl gets a little bit tough towards the end there, so maybe oh, yeah. uh, just four is a good. If thing. we could if we could cut off seasons five and six of Gossip Girl, it'd be a much much better show. Yeah. So it might work to its advantage, and notably here, Josh Schwartz. He was only 26 when the show started. So at 26, he was one of the youngest people in network wow. history to create a series and become its showrunner. That's younger than us. That's pretty awesome. I mean, and that's what I was saying before. Like, I guess that, you know, a lot of these actors could just be like his, you know, his people, his uh, his Orange County comrades, if you will. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the show is based on his life. He was uh, from wherever I can't remember, but he went to college in uh, in SoCal with the SoCal Surfer Bros. And he was kind of like the outsider, kind of witnessing how all these rich people were living. He, uh, obviously, Seth Cohen is somewhat modeled after him. That is the character that he kind of puts his, you know, viewpoints into and uh, filters through. Oh, interesting. Even though even though he's like a, a son of these rich parents. Yeah, but Seth still is like the, outside, I mean, Ryan is the outsider outsider. But Seth is like, even though he lives he's lived there his whole life he's still viewed okay. as an outsider so ryan is also like an actual outsider where seth has like more more of his personality yeah exactly gotcha so first scene of the oc we jump right into it you know no theme song or anything we see our protagonist our i know i couldn't wait i was like when's the theme song gonna come up like this is great so far but i really want to hear that song and we don't get the the uh the 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 title you know title sequence in this episode we we hear the song but we don't get the uh the graphic yet until episode mm. two so gotta keep you waiting a little so this one we just jump right into it and ryan atwood is here with his brother and they are up to some shady stuff here i was gonna say shit but i changed it to stuff because we're clean now <laughs> yeah so that's what we mean by clean we say <laughs> the uh the non-curse and then we say what curse we were going to say in place of it <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> so if you if you hear me say something that could be a curse just skip forward 15 seconds so you don't hear me say the actual <laughs> yeah. word and uh, Ryan's big brother, he says the first line of the series, I'm your big brother. If I don't teach you this, who will? As he bashes in the window and <laughs> steals the car. Uh, Brendan, as a, as a big brother, is this what you taught to Tierney back when you were in high school? Yeah, it was weird because I felt like uh, this is someone had caught footage of me and Tierney growing up and <laughs> it was the show. 
Very similar. And he has your big brother. Who else is going to teach you this? <laughs> All right, get in the car. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, what kind of show is this going to be? I, I was very, uh, I was floored by this. Is uh, yeah. is his brother going to be a big part of the show? Well, he, as is mentioned here, he's going to go to jail for a while. So he's, we're not going to see much of him, but they, they will definitely be some, uh, some of his brother coming, coming through throughout the show. Okay, gotcha. He's not going to be a main character ever, but he will be yeah. recurring at some point. All right. Right, so you, you can tell Ryan's hesitant, but eventually he listens and he gets in the car because he's loyal to his brother. He's a loyal guy. And the police find them and start chasing them. And I just love how Ryan's brother just says, quit being a little bitch. Get in. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, quote from my childhood with Tierney. <laughs> yes. Trey, for whatever reason, is super like pumped that this is happening, that the police are chasing them. But I would be scared shitless, just like Ryan seems to be. And... The police are going to catch them, which is not good. And uh, first off, we should say right off the bat that ACAB, of course, and of course, uh, that yep. includes these guys. Yeah, that could be another name for our podcast. The uh, boys? All, the uh, or uh, all cops are boys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all cops are boys. It seems like we're a pro cop podcast, yeah. <laughs> right? An anti women somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't all like right, that one. we'll keep workshopping. So uh, Ryan gets sent to jail or juvie or wherever he is, and he gets to talk to our main adult of the series, the iconic Sandy Cohen. I mentioned like adult characters, but we will make an exception for Sandy. Uh, you know, he's kind of everything Rufus wishes he could be. I love that's what man. I was thinking too. Is like he, he does everything you want. Like, I mean, he's not as good looking as Rufus, but if Rufus just right. had this guy's personality, Rufus would be exactly. an all timer. Exactly. I uh, I gotta agree with you here. He is so much more relaxed. So, like, Rufus is so uptight, and yeah. he's, he's got he's got. The perfect amount. If Rufus maybe just moved out to California, this is what that's what yeah, he I means. mean. Yeah, Sandy Cohen is so chill, so relaxed. He surfs. He's cracking jokes. You yeah. know, even when he's fighting with his wife a little later, he's always cracking jokes. His son he's cracking gets into jokes a fight. In, in he's like, oh, come on. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, he introduces himself, and already he's going to show that he loves the humor. He because Ryan's just looking at him. He goes, "You could do worse." And so he <laughs> he he also demonstrates that he you know his caring nature by you know he's asking Ryan if everything's all right and. Ryan, as we discussed, he's a man of few words, especially to start off here in this episode. He's very closed off, and you can tell why with his background and history. I'm sure he doesn't really trust people that easily. He just wants to know where his brother is at this point. Right, and, yeah. uh, you know, I guess he is just, obviously, you can sort of tell already. You don't. We don't get the scene from his home life yet, but you can sort of tell uh, once his the, his lawyer, Sandy, goes through his resume and his, his brother's resume. It seems like he comes from a, a troubled family. Exactly, and he wants to know where Trey is, but Trey is over 18 and stole a car and had a gun in his pocket and an ounce of pot and a couple of priors, so he's probably looking at three to five years in jail, which is why it was so ex uh, wild to me that he was, like, excited when the shot cops showed up. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess that's why he's in this mess to begin with, because he just truly does not care. No, he does not. So like you were saying, Ryan is in a fucked up family, and everyone around him is not the best, but Ryan is a good egg, and he... Like, he is the one, which is why it's so heartbreaking when we see his mom in a little bit, like, just yelling at him and blaming him for this. Because he is the one, he didn't want to get in the car, but he did anyway, just because he's loyal to the people around him. But, you know, up, up to his own devices, Ryan would not have stolen a car and done stuff like this, because he's a good boy. Right, he would never, like, initiate these sort of 
this sort of behavior. He just like goes along with it because, like I said, he's loyal and he doesn't know any better. And he just like, well, I don't want to be called a bitch, so I guess I should get in the car. <laughs> and this is Ryan's first time in lockup, so Sandy's going to try to help him. And we find out that while Ryan's grades aren't the best, his test scores are outstanding. He is uh-huh. in the 98th percentile on the SAT one, so uh, much better than you or me or Nate Archibald on the SATs. Yeah, and uh, or Vanessa even. Um, and a, a classic situation of just like the smart kid that doesn't give a shit and is so naturally right. gifted. He just shows up for the tests, will ace him, and do better than all of the smartest kids who study all the time. Yeah. Natural and, genius. Uh, I think this is the first instance of the writers not knowing how old these characters are supposed to be right now. Uh, they will figure it out sometime in this season, but A should be going canonically into 10th grade right now. So it would be wild that Ryan would have taken the SAT oh, yeah. <laughs> as a freshman. Yeah, this guy who doesn't show up to class or do his homework just <laughs> took an SAT in 10th grade. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so... Ryan is going to like laugh and scoff at the mere mention of college or his future, but Sandy sees something in him, so he's trying to give him a push in the right direction, and Ryan answers like in the most deadpan way possible. He's like, modern medicine is making people live to 100, but Social Security is going to run out in 2025, so people are going to need to work until they're 80, so uh, I don't want to commit to anything too soon. Which, again, Ryan is not celebrated as the funniest character on the show, but he can say a sarcastic response or shoot his hilarious look with the best of them, so yeah. an underrated comic we can see already. Right, and both of those things are also pretty much correct too <laughs> yeah i was very haunted watching yeah. this in the year 2022 <laughs> like, wow. social security and having to work until i'm 80 i was very he didn't called like it. that at all yeah he's right like fuck you fuck, fuck you for being right about this <laughs> oh sandy gives him some tough love he tells him to get over the fact that life dealt him a bad hand and uh sandy sees himself in ryan gives him his backstory sandy he grew up in the bronx he had no money no father his mom worked all the time but he was able to get out and make a life for himself here in the oc but Ryan is just so jaded and pessimistic and anti-dream, and you know, honestly, at this point, we can't really blame him. Right, his his family is just putting him in such a deep hole that he can you can't you can only imagine why he doesn't think he can get out of it. Yeah, where he's from, having a dream isn't smart. Knowing that your dream won't come true—that's what makes you smart. Right, it's the sort of idea of just like don't have your hopes up, just you know, right. aim low, and you won't be disappointed. If you're yeah, if your expectations are low, you can never be disappointed. That's yeah. the Ryan Atwood mantra right now, I guess. So. Yeah, yeah. He's never had a lucky break like he's kind of about to get in this this pilot here. So Ryan, he gets out. His mom picks him up. She drives just about as well as I do. And she, like, really jumps the curve here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why I don't invite you over. Dri- drives halfway up the curve pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'll just miss the entire drive. I'll just get on a lawn somehow. <laughs> oh, when Sandy introduces himself as Ryan's lawyer... Um, well, first of all, she's like yelling right off the bat. She's blaming Ryan. And then when Sandy introduces himself, she tells him uh, she he should just let Ryan rot in there along with his dad and his brother is about to. So we know that Ryan's dad is also in jail. So it's family tough. affair. I don't know. Yeah, Ryan's mom is treating him like shit, even though this is clearly his brother's fault. And um, like we said, Gossip Girl is the show about terrible parents famously, not the OC. But Ryan's parental unit here is a Gossip Girl level of terrible, but without all the perks of being rich, without all the money that comes with it. Right. We're getting the trashy side of this. Yeah, exactly. So Ryan's parents are like still bad, but <laughs> he doesn't have any riches to go with it. So that's double whammy there yeah. for Ryan. I think maybe I would rather this kind of fucked up because the, the, like, the weird passive aggressive rich way is almost more annoying yeah. than like, the trashy sense. Definitely. So Sandy sees all of this chaos, and he's like, oh, shit. Okay, you know what, Ryan? Here's my card. <laughs> he tell, tells him to call him if things get to be too much, and thank God he does, because we wouldn't have a show if he didn't do this. Yeah. I mean, well, do you think this is what he meant to, uh, when he gave him his actual home number, or did he just mean, like, I want to make sure we figure the situation out at hand? Or do you think he actually hoped that he would come to him uh, for a place to stay? 
Well, I, I don't think he ever even thought that Ryan would use it, but he saw how hectic his home life probably is and wanted to give him the option. And I think as we see, like if Ryan did need him, he would be more than happy to help Ryan because he sees himself in Ryan. He knows that Ryan is capable of so much more and he just desperately wants to help this kid. Yeah, well, good thing. I And we, we get into this later on, obviously, when um, Ryan gets kicked out of the house. I'm like, so what's the show going to be? <laughs> I was like, I know, I want him to stay there. <laughs> yeah, so we go to Ryan's home life here, and this will be the first time Ryan gets kicked out of a house. Um, it's Ryan and mom and mom's boyfriend. And Mama, Mama Atwood here has the audacity to kick Ryan out. And then that stupid boyfriend of hers starts talking shit as well. And that's going to set off our boy Ryan because they get into it a little bit. And we get our first punch of the series. You know, I wish I had the energy to kind of keep track of punches for the whole series because there's a lot. And yeah, a lot today. I, I kind of want to know what the number is, but I... I already going to lose track in this very episode right. so this also gives you a little insight into ryan's fighting world so we, we get a little bit of this and we're like when we get to those fights later on you're like all right he should be able to kind of handle himself here oh yeah he's a scrapper this, he's a this scrapper ryan atwood. i would have bet money that ryan throws the first punch of the series but he actually receives it from aj and uh followed right away by our second punch of the series also from aj and ryan's mom does absolutely nothing as her son is getting beaten up by her boyfriend so <laughs> she ryan, just actually leaves she home. lights a cigarette i think drinks more yeah yeah she's like oh what was me light a cigarette <laughs> start drinking god come on come on dawn atwood do better so ryan i i forgot i i'm, I'm gonna need to amend my lvp maybe give it to one of these clowns because uh yeah they, they really are terrible they come in early and leave early but they uh they they have a really intense episode come in yeah. and out with a bang Absolutely. So Ryan leaves home and we hear what some are saying, including us, might quite possibly be the best theme song of all time. It starts playing in the background. Mm. We don't have it in theme song form quite yet, but of course, Brendan, it's your favorite band, Phantom Planet yes. with California. I don't want to say it's the best all time only because it's not an original theme song. I don't know if that's points against it or not. I think it true, might be true. a little bit. Um, but as far as the hierarchy of songs that already existed from a band that were thrown onto a TV show theme. It's just like an absolute delight. And I think it makes the intro to, because I, I can kind of picture even the title sequence because of this oh, yeah. song. So I think that just makes it all the more classic. It says it all, you know? California. Makes you want to go to California. Here we come. <laughs> and I was, what I was thinking of doing too um, is maybe I'll just get a karaoke version of the song and the two of us can sing it a little bit and then we'll put that over the karaoke version for our intro. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan's making some calls. He doesn't seem to be having any luck finding a place to stay, so he already has to use that Sandy Cohen business card to call his new friend Sandy, and he pulls up and Sandy gives him a, I told you, you could do worse. Uh -huh. and is that his catchphrase? Is that his, uh, not enough? <laughs> no, no, I don't think Sandy really has much of a uh, okay. of a catchphrase here. Some of our characters do, but not oh, good. not so much Sandy. So, and then you know we have the the chorus of the theme song along with the iconic scene of Ryan riding shotgun in the car. And I was I was kind of getting weirdly emotional just hearing the song play. Yeah, there's something about this show where it just feels like I don't know if it's the era and like the the way things were filmed, or maybe just like our our childhood being like 2000s kids. Looking at this show, just it felt really. I can't, I hate to keep using the word iconic, but that's what it felt like. It just felt, even though I haven't seen it, I felt some nostalgia just watching this and excitement. Yeah, and I I have I really only have experience with this show over the course of the past two years, but even just watching this, I was like, oh my god, the nostalgia. Yeah, it, it really it's young just, it's young just, me watching this in twenty twenty. It feels just um, 
I don't know, more of like a classic series than Gossip Girl does. Maybe because of, maybe Gossip Girl so far seems more childlike, even though it is a similar uh, demographic. But uh, mm-hmm. the, the OC seems to be geared more towards an older audience, just a little bit. It just seems more gritty. Yeah, I agree. I think they did want to give a little something for Daddy as well in this show. Yeah. Um, Ooh, that could be something. So, yeah. So it, it's a new life for Ryan. He's not really accustomed to all this rich people stuff. He's surprised that Sandy has a nice car because he thought uh, that those kind of lawyers didn't make money. And Sandy says, "We don't, but my wife does." As he pulls up to their gigantic house. Yeah. So, uh, so this we is how we get into this we, world. I was wondering. Yes. From the beginning, like we're not going to stay here the whole time in this this <laughs> trash heap. We're, we got to get to the rich people eventually. Yeah, we don't know what Kirsten does yet, but she is obviously the breadwinner in the family as uh, they have their huge house. And we haven't met her just yet, but I was very excited to see if you would be just as attracted to Kirsten as you are to Lily. I know. And when she turned for a second, I was like, no way. Is it her? And then I was like, <laughs> oh, no, it's not. Okay. All right. No, but I'm not. Okay. not. Not yet anyway, but I don't think I will yeah. be. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it progresses. Um so they pull up. Sandy tells Ryan to stay in the car so he can warn Kirsten that he just brought this random client home. <laughs> um, he seems a little apprehensive to leave the keys, but Ryan assures him that it's no fun if the keys are in the car. So uh, Sandy <laughs> trusts him with the keys. It would have been crazy if Ryan did just drive off with the car after that. <laughs> he did mention, too, how nice of a car it was, so I could see him being a little <laughs> nervous. See you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten is definitely not thrilled that Sandy has brought this random juvenile delinquent home. And like I said earlier, I get where she's coming from here, but I consider Ryan Atwood to be one of my very best friends. So I, I yeah. know he's a good boy at heart, so I was very mad at Kirsten. Uh, she calls him a felon. Felon, she's very judgy right off the bat. But Sandy has a heart of gold, and he also sees the good in Ryan. So um, he's going to win this battle for now. Whose side were you on, Sandy or Kirsten's? Well, you got to be on Sandy's side. And also, yeah. from, from Kirsten's point of view, you should also sort of understand where he's coming from as well, because you know your husband, and this is the kind of uh, character that he has. Yeah, trust your husband. He's not going to bring some felon into the house. Right. He knows he, Ryan's a good guy. Mm-hmm. You, you know, he's he, he takes this low-paying, shitty uh, defensive lawyer's job because he wants to be the good guy and help out. So you know that this is what he does. He's the only one in the OC that cares about people besides himself. So, and, and this is what we see that even though they're in a little bit of a fight right here, not even a fight, just a little argument. Sandy's like still joking around. It's he's like, oh, I've always been self righteous. You used to find that charming, and it, right. it's clear that they love each other here. They have a very good marriage, and um, also even though Kirsten's against this, she still goes to get some sheets and towels and a toothbrush for the pool house where Ryan will be staying. Right, the, the motherly instincts kick in right away. Even though she doesn't want this, she's got she's got to make sure he's comfortable at the very least. Yeah, so at least I'll give her some points for that. Kirsten is not that terrible. She still is going to make him feel at home for the weekend that he is here. And uh, now we have to get to one of the most iconic scenes of the pilot. And everyone who knows the show remembers this scene. Ryan steps out of the car to smoke a cigarette, and we meet Marissa Cooper, next-door neighbor. Like I said, very notably, the most boring member of the core four, but she she still has her moments. Um when Lita was on the Gossip World podcast, The Lonely Boys, she described Marissa Cooper. I don't know if you remember this, but she described her as uh, Serena before she went to boarding school. So we are going to. Really? Oh. Kind of. Yes. Okay. So we're kind of going to see like uh, Serena, but a wilder version here Love with to see Marissa that. Cooper. Yeah. And uh, also, this is the only time in the series that they're going to smoke. So don't get used to it, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> were you worried I was upset by that? Yeah. At the end of the at the end of the scene, Sandy tells Ryan, by the way, no smoking in the house, and that's enough to get Ryan to quit smoking forever, apparently. <laughs> like, all right, maybe that was his first cigarette. Yeah, maybe. He just wanted Easy to impress to Marissa. Probably. I, yeah, I don't so he, him. he lights up and uh that's when Marissa turns to him and says, Who are you? 
whoever you want me to be. <laughs> that was such a funny, good, like, just, there's, there's so many parts of this show that I'm like, this exact scene in Gossip Girl would have made me laugh because it would have been, like, cringy or, like, corny yeah. or embarrassing, but it works really well in the show. I don't know what they do differently, but it's it's just, these kind of scenes are seemingly what will make this show. For oh, me. yeah. Yeah. These character moments. It turns Marissa on right away because uh, they're going to have a very romantic and cigarette date where... Yeah, Marissa has to bum a cigarette, and they kind of just silently stare at each other for a while. Right. And uh, I won't go through all of it because we may just uh, do some theater with this scene uh-huh. at the end. But yeah, but it should be it should be goofy, he's... but it it just seems more more classic. Yeah, yeah. Marissa asks, you know, no, really, what are you doing here? And he's gonna give his whole rundown. So in case anyone missed the first ten minutes of the episode, uh, he, Ryan does a quick recap. But Marissa does not believe him, and it's just like, oh, you're the cousin from Boston, aren't you? And so. Uh, Sandy drops by, and Marissa's like, oh, hey, I was just meeting your nephew, and we get to see how good of an improviser Sandy Cohen here yes. uh, is, and he, he doesn't do too well, because immediately he says, ah, oh, yes, my favorite nephew all the way from Seattle. I don't know why he had to like, know, attach a, a place to yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Taking a risk there. And Which Ryan makes for some comedy cover. later on. He's from Boston, from Seattle, <laughs> from Canada. I don't know where Canada came from, yeah. but yeah. Um, so yeah, Ryan Ryan clearly much better th- at improv than, uh, than Sandy, because he right away has to be like, uh, dad's from Seattle, mom's from Boston, or maybe I got it mixed up, but one right. of the two. Yes, so, you get a picture. Yeah, at this point, Marissa, I don't know if Marissa believes him or not, but she doesn't really care. She's happy to see him. Gets picked up by her boyfriend, Luke, in his huge car, one of your least favorite characters. My car uh, might be the least favorite character. What I, the fuck is it? I not just my don't car. Like his car his maybe car, my least yeah. favorite character. Well, do, do you, you don't like your car either, do you? You have a minivan. Yeah, do you, do you like it? Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> okay. So you, you don't hate it. The, ste- I, the steering I, wheel could work better, but... I dislike uh, trucks much more than minivans also. So I, I, it's terrible. It's too big. Um, it just It's one of those kind of cars that, of course, that kind of guy would have. His wheels are taller than me. Yeah. It, that guy looks like he listens to Limp Bizkit a lot. <laughs> so uh, instead of... Um, I don't know why I'm saying instead. Uh, she, she gets in the car, but before she leaves, she invites Ryan to her mom's... <laughs> fashion show or i don't even know if it's her mom's or it's, i think it's her and her mom's fashion show before she leaves uh-huh. um so ryan scores the invite after meeting her once and uh he's gonna come inside with sandy to get introduced to kirsten and also get introduced to rosa the housekeeper do you think this will be another dorota situation where rosa is everyone's favorite character <laughs> this would be a, a crazy household if it was just dorota and lily here i would be like wow this is like this is my new favorite show um, but oh, yeah. maybe we'll get a little bit more. Maybe um, she'll be the Dorota to his Blair. Who knows? So I'll, uh, I'll tell you right off the bat that she will not be your favorite yeah. character because she disappears pretty soon. Okay. Um, but that would have been a really funny bit if I actually did get all of our guests this time around to come on and be like, Rosa is my favorite. <laughs> Just wait. Well, as far as I know, that's it's still an ongoing bit in the other show. Yeah. It would be even it'd be even funnier, though, because like she's not in the show after like the first half of the first season. So okay. you'd be like... Oh, she hasn't even been here in like a season and a half, but she's going to be my favorite. All right. All right. I guess, I guess she comes I back. I you guys. <laughs> so um, next day, Ryan exits the pool house, and he has the life. Beautiful pool. Beautiful view. He comes inside, and he is greeted by some random kid playing video games, and we have finally nice. met the iconic Seth Cohen, everyone's favorite character except for mine. He was playing uh, some PS2. I don't know what game they were playing initially, but he asked to play Grand Theft Auto Asteroid. That's right, and uh, it's funny that everyone seems to know that Ryan is here because he stole a car, and no one knows how to deal with that. Like, <laughs> oh, we could play some Grand Theft Auto. It's cool. You steal car. Oh, I don't. I don't know if it's cool. Maybe it's not cool. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Um, I don't know if you know. Were you much of a GTA guy growing up? Yeah, I would play at 
sleepovers a lot and it would be the sort of thing where you turn it on and whoever you whoever's it was they would know like the cheat codes to just get like um you know like the stars all the way up so the the like helicopters are chasing after you and you can get any gun and like do whatever you wanted right. um but that was like a fun thing to do at sleepovers but i i want to say that this era would have been like this like grand theft auto miami vice era maybe i could be very wrong on that just just trying to imagine yeah. what they're playing I have no idea. I I, uh, I never got the appeal of a uh, of GTA. Yeah, I, it was one of those games. Like we've talked about this a little bit on Lonely Boys too. Like where friends really liked something, and I just wanted to be a part of it. So like with Call of Duty, <clears throat> I would play just to hang out and chat with people. But I really didn't like the game at all. Same thing with GTA. I would I would I would get every single game just because like I, you know what everyone likes this. I'm I have to like it. And I would play a little you're bit. Of it like, yeah, and I just, I just. And that's why you're, Seth is going to be your favorite character. Everyone loves Seth, so you're going to love Seth because <laughs> yeah, you just want everyone to love your opinion. I almost wanted to come onto the show and be like, "All right, who do we stand? Who's good to it?" So I know <laughs> off the bat. But I, I do want to form yes. my own opinions. But it'll end up probably being similar to yeah. yours and the, the fans. Well, yeah, but I, I, I obviously love Seth. He's a great character. Obviously, like I was saying earlier, the most you know obviously funny character. He gets the most laugh out loud jokes of the show. He's going to be very fun. He's of course played by Adam Brody, one half of the most iconic celebrity couple of all time. Who is he together with? Oh, you don't know this. I don't know. This will blow your mind. Let's hear it. I'm pausing for a fact. <laughs> okay. Adam Brody is married to Leighton Meeser, of course. What? Paul Waldorf herself. What? Yes. How has this not come up? I don't... How have you not noticed? It's, it took till this. We started another show for this to come. This is insane. Yeah. You waited for the crossover oh for this to happen. Yeah, so he, he dates Rachel Bilson. Um, who plays Summer in this? He dates that her while they're on the show. I, think, I mean, for of the course, first three seasons. You have to. And after he breaks up with Rachel Bilson, dates and marries and has kids with Leighton Meester. This shit. guy is dating the most beautiful women in the world. Good for him, man. That's that's his, this you is know, nuts. He's a good looking, very good looking guy himself. So. I mean, you can see I really don't do enough research on the the things I care about or follow. Some would say you don't do any research. Yeah, I guess if I did any at all, then I would have found that out. That would be one of the, <laughs> the first thing you do find out. <laughs> I don't know what other, if I didn't do enough. What other research am I doing to not to skip over that? Uh, you, yeah, you know what his hog size is, but you don't know who, uh, who he's married to. What part of the well, Wikipedia is that on? Celebrityhogsize.org. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, .gov. Yes, of course, it is a government website. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is the first scene between these two, uh, Ryan and. Seth and their ever-developing bromance. I-, I love the Seth Ryan friendship so much. It-, it might just be the heart of the show, and we we will see it develop early here in this yeah. first episode. And again, I'm, I'm just so jaded yeah. from. Uh, I keep. I hate to keep mentioning Gossip Girl, but this is like we're, we're only that's all I know so far. So I'm just gonna lean into it. But I'm so jaded from that show, and I'm watching these scenes between the two of them. They're like watching their relationship blossom. I'm like this is all gonna go to shit soon. They're gonna hate each other. That I remember the first time I watched this, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like even with. Um, Marissa and Summer, kind of the obvious parallel is Blair and Serena. Right. And you're thinking like, oh, well, Blair and Serena have this really rocky friendship where they hate each other one week and love each other the next week. Mm -hmm. So when you see like Ryan and Seth and they get off on good feet, like I was thinking along the same lines. I'm like, oh boy, when are we going to get to when they actually hate each other now and they're trying to deceive each other? So yeah, so we'll see if that, that ever happens. But I definitely had the same concerns as you coming from the gossip girl world into this world so i mean you can spoil it a little bit for me as far as like i just want to know what mindset to be in can, should i be expecting like everything to totally crumble from what we're watching here or is, should i just try i because hard to wipe my brain clean of expectations here so i would say if you're comparing it to gossip girl like this is 
like I said, the characters are more likable than the Gossip Girl characters who are almost intentionally unlikable. Um, I would say that there's a lot less, like, scheming against each other, like, trying to yeah. one-up each other and, like, being mad at each other for, like, petty reasons. Like, obviously, there will still be arguments right, and breakups and everything yeah. along the way, but it's it's less, like, mean-spirited, like, where you're going to have a whole Blair versus Serena or Blair versus Jenny thing totally. or, like, a Chuck versus Dan thing. Um, for this, it's, like, it's a lot more of kind of our core four team up together and uh, fight against some kind of, like, outside side yeah. um antagonist or right. something which i've always said the best episodes of gossip girl are the ones where they all team up together yeah. and have to you know uh, tackle something outside of their group so i'm happy to say that there's a lot more of that in the oc yeah, where these four are the core four uh, and we don't even see them really become friends yet the core four but slight spoiler these four are going to be good friends <laughs> okay um, i thought this was a spoiler free podcast but all right for the most part i won't tell you who uh oc girl is <laughs> <laughs> It's Sandy. Um, <laughs> now that's a good twist. That's a good twist. It would be a good twist if Sandy Cohen was Gossip Girl. Now we're talking. That's the big reveal. At the last <laughs> it's it's him. It's the, the character. Not, yeah, of course. But, yeah, Sandy Cohen. The last episode, he looks at the camera after the reveal, and he says, like I said, you could do worse. <laughs> Cuts to black. <laughs> so... so um, we can tell Seth is a little awkward, but he opens up to Ryan. They play their GTA. Um, and, uh, yeah, Seth just seems really excited to have a, a new friend. So he takes Ryan outside. They go all aboard the Summer Breeze. Seth tells Ryan about his plan to sail to Tahiti next summer. And uh, Ryan's like, well, aren't you going to be lonely here? And he says, no, I'll have Summer with me, which is a little ambitious since Summer mm-hmm. has never spoken to Seth, even though he named his boat after her. Um, a little creepy, but I get yeah. it. I, I fell in love with Summer almost immediately as well. So Yeah, a little bit. If you, uh, We but, didn't know um, his vibes. We would think this is a little bit incelly yeah. by him. but it would, And it kind and of it is. It still kind of is. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan must be thinking like, uh, this fucking loser. Yeah. But we at this like, point, I figured like he just needs to open up and like, you know, talk to girls and then he'll, he won't be such a creep anymore. Right. Because he seems like he's he's good-hearted. He definitely is good-hearted, but it's weird that he's never talked to her, but is just in love with her anyway. It's definitely some Dan Humphrey vibes here. (laughs) Well, that's that's actually very true. (laughs) And uh, according to the IMDb trivia page, Adam Brody actually hates sailing. And after they shot this sailing scene in the episode, Adam asked to have no more scenes where he would have to sail. Wow. All right. I I can kind of get behind that. I'm not a big water guy. Yeah, but uh, water's big in the O.C. Well, I, I like looking at it. So and, uh, my thing with water is I like being near it, and I, I want to mm-hmm. look at it, but be safe on land. I don't like being uh, like if, if someone's in control of like a big boat, I'll be on the boat, but yeah. I don't want to be in control of that boat. Like that sailing scene also would have had me pretty scared and nervous, and I wouldn't would enjoy that at all. See, I don't get seasick, luckily, um, but I don't know. I just like my body being. The, I don't like being in the water at all. It just makes me. It's a, it's a freaky place down there. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about water polo? Because water polo is going to play a big role in this show. I like water polo. We played a little bit of that in gym. We famously hated it in gym. I had a pool. pool when we had the semester that we had to take of pool where everyone has they force everyone to get inside fucking water for in the middle of the day in fifth fucking. Okay, I had a so, fifth period. Yeah, that, that's my issue with it, too. I was going to say this, too, is like if it was like a separate thing, if it was like at our friend's house and we just did it on like a weekend, it was hot out. Like, sure, I'll do that all day. But 
I don't want to get wet in the middle of a school day and then have to like dry so, down and be in like wet clothes the rest of the day. It's it's it was a terrible idea. No time that you have to like shower afterwards and they give you no time to do it. They give you no time to get to your next class. It's all the way on the other side of the school. So every sixth period, I was walking to design and draw, dripping wet because um, <laughs> you can't eat, you don't have time to dry off. So I'm like dripping wet. I'm five minutes late. It was a terrible idea and they forced us to do it. And yeah, you had, anyway, you had all this, you had the whole the soggiest portfolio in that class. Of design and, draw. and I famously can't swim. So they would separate you into lanes one through six. Based oh, yeah. On how well, you could swim. But they kept one and two together. And I don't know if this was the reason, but it was so everyone that was in <laughs> lane one could be like, oh, yeah, I'm in lane two. I was the only one who admitted to being in lane one. Like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'm the only one. I think I, I was also I can't swim. in. Uh, I don't think I, I couldn't. Sw- so maybe lane one is like the absolute like terrible swimmers in one they get they give you your swimmies i was wearing yeah swimmies. Oh, okay <laughs> so i was in lane two then <laughs> no so yeah i hated it i also had very long hair so i that was, was a big issue because your hair is get my hair wet. wet yeah yeah you know mr froll was always he's like gagan get under that water and do the butterfly stroke like, Jesus, <laughs> i really don't want what the fuck do you care yeah i don't know so I, we, I don't know why i had to spend an entire half year doing that it was pretty miserable i have most schools I've don't have pools been, I've never been unprepared more than in that class. I would, uh, quote unquote, forget my bathing suit every other day uh, just so I could sit out and sit in the bleachers and not have to go in the pool. What a tangent we just went on. It's true. Like, anyway. It, that was really shitty. It was, it was terrible. Like, people, like, we, there's so many teen dramas. I get back to teen dramas. Um, where, like, you see teens, like, not wanting to go to gym class or skipping gym class. And it's just, like, a, a classic thing in, like, throughout history. No one wants to do that. Uh, but, like, to make us go into a literal body of water. What a nightmare. It's so uncomfortable. And what I brought it up because water polo does play a decently big role in this show. Uh, Luke, who we met, is the captain of the water polo team. And okay. water polo to this school is like what a football team would be to any other school. Okay, like, so this is like water the, polo the basketball team is the big to deal. One Tree Hill. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> We're not going to see many water polo games, but just know that the water polo player, players like run the school. All right, cool. So so it's not, it's not as big as field hockey is on Gossip Curl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so Sandy finds him on the beach. He lets um, he lets I guess Seth know that Marissa has invited Ryan to the fashion show tonight, and Seth is going to use this opportunity to give us some useful exposition. He just kind of says, "Oh, that's weird. She's lived next to us their whole life. They've never talked. Uh, her dad actually almost married my mom, and uh, Summer and Marissa are best friends." So did did you keep track of all that, Brendan? That I, I got most of that. I think the most interesting thing there that stood out to me was the. Uh, romance between those two couples also living next door so i was trying to wrap my head around that i was like so you he li- must they have almost dated you almost got married yeah you live next door now now he lives next door which is a really weird move i need to know who lived there yeah. first because if jimmy is just like following her and getting houses like, next door like, it was also so out in the open that your son knows about this like this seems like stuff that you kind of keep yeah. under wraps right and like, he's just okay I mean, with he's cool he knows Sandy, all the details and i guess he sandy must not be threatened by this guy at all Right, everyone knows about it. I mean, hopefully Sandy doesn't become the titular Chris McCuck in this, <laughs> in this show. <laughs> and, yeah, and, and yeah, it is titular. Date, he moved next to us. Now she just fucks him on the weekends. <laughs> it's just the weekends. I get it for all five days. I get a Monday, Friday, baby. Hell yeah, I got a work week, baby. <laughs> whenever, my, whenever my wife gets mad that I bring home a client, she goes over and fucks Jimmy. <laughs> Sorry, this is the clean podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Goes Bang. over and fluffs Jimmy. And fluffs. By fluff, I mean fuck. <laughs> Yeah, it was an interesting well, um, uh, thing to hear, but like, I guess there must not be any bad blood between the two fathers because they're at that table together at the fashion show later on, and they're sitting next to each other just like their buds. So they they must have all been part of the same friend group, I'm guessing, from, well, uh, from context clues, but yeah. 
We'll see. Um, so Seth agrees to go to the fashion show since Summer is going to be there. And uh, Marissa's just kind of watching them from her balcony. She leaves to answer the door for some official-looking FBI-type guys. They're asking her to talk to her father, and she just keeps telling him that he's not home. So obviously some shady business going on here. Marissa goes to talk to her dad, Jimmy Cooper. And uh, we've now officially met my least favorite character, slimy loser that uh, I'm sure we will get much more into as the series develops. But even in this first episode, he's giving off some uh, captain vibes. Yes. The fraud and stuff that's probably going on. Yeah, he definitely is. Like When we get to that bathroom scene later on, I'm like, oh, here comes the coke scene. But we, <laughs> yeah, not, exactly. that would happen. But he, he does have uh, captain vibes because of the, the cokiness that he exudes. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, very fidgety, very... Uh, very nervous. <laughs> very up to, up to no good, yes. A lot of nervous energy coming from him. Yeah. So... We jump back to Ryan here, and he is putting on his tie, and he's struggling. And we get another famous scene that everyone remembers. And when I say everyone remembers, I pretty much just mean that it is a scene that I remember especially well. But mm-hmm. I feel like I do speak for the OC fandom, and that everyone agrees with me. So we'll just roll with it. Um, Ryan can't put on a tie. And, you know, probably because he hasn't had a father figure to help him with this. And uh, YouTube didn't exist yet, which is how I learned. So Same. Sandy has to come in, tells Ryan he couldn't tie a tie until he was 25, and helps Ryan put his tie on. And we all say, aww. I think I think this it really helps their relationship that Sandy seems to be a very down to earth guy. He's not coming oh, yeah. up from like th- this pedestal of being like this this rich asshole. He's rich, exactly. but but by marriage seemingly, and he so he works like a yeah. pretty blue collar job. Doesn't make a lot of money. Um, he explains to him earlier on in the episode that he kind of came from a similar background. So I think that it helps uh, Ryan, you know, let welcome him into his world a little bit more. So I otherwise. I couldn't see Ryan really letting this guy touch him like that. <laughs> I, I, right, yeah. Like, tie, I'd be like, get the fuck over me. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. But yeah, he obviously trusts Sandy already. And uh, so when did you learn to tie a tie, Brendan? Are you still using clip-ons? <laughs> I used to use uh, clip-ons maybe for like our Sweet 16s. Um, okay. But now, since I've been, I still go to Sweet 16, so I, I, by now I've... <laughs> I've learned how to tie a tie because it would be pretty embarrassing if I was still Obviously. going to Sweet 16s and also using clip-ons. So. A lot of clip-on tie. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I learned you sh- for like You show problems. all the 16-year-olds how to tie a tie <laughs> yeah, when you're there. Right. Just like when Adam Brody goes to the kids' table later on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I also learned how to tie a bow tie. Oh, I don't know how to do that. I've yeah. never worn a bow tie. So suck on that. But, uh, for the regular tie, Sandy's right. But the worst part is knowing how much shorter to make the skinny side. It's true. Side, I'm glad is... they really went to detail here. And so this was very accurate. <laughs> yeah. This is what, maybe this is how some other people learned how to tie a tie from Sandy Cohen. <laughs> See, but the one thing about ties nowadays, though, is like now that we're of a certain age, like we're getting closer to thirty. I, I've in the past been shamed for only doing like the plain like half Windsor or whatever the one we do is called. Like people do oh. some crazy knots, and like us do. I'm sure you do the same as me. Like the, the plain one, um, right. that's like the most basic, easy knot to tie. And like you'll, you will, if you were, we are in this uh, area of Newport Beach, we might be shamed for our knots. I've never been not shamed before. That's I have, kind of I'm, crazy I'm, to me. I'm glad you have it. It's a tough feeling. Oh my god! Yeah, I, uh, I, I leave all of my ties tied. Like I tie it once and oh, really? loosen it. Yeah, well, because if I'm ever going to work and I have to redo my tie and tie it again, just figuring out how short to make the skinny side from the fat side. Like I'll be yeah. playing with it for like five minutes. It'll yeah. mess up my whole morning schedule. Are you you are tied a student teaching? Yeah. You fancy boy. Look at you. I am a tie guy. Like the these days, people are always like, "Oh man, you still have to wear a tie to work." My my company's so easy breezy. We could just wear gym shorts and a 
seizure. Like, but I, th- I think I look great in them. I think they're a good look in general. Green Day really did a lot of good yeah. work with the skinny ties back in the day. Like, ties are just awesome in general. I don't mind wearing them at yes. all. Yes, so. uh, yeah, you're right about that. I, I also have only skinny ties too, so maybe they did a number on me as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I'm not a wacky tie go- guy though, with one of those like weird tie collections yeah, or anything. No those blue duckies and no, uh, rubber duckies for you. Yeah, yeah, no rubber ducky tie. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that that's enough of tie talk. Maybe that'll be a podcast. <laughs> Ooh, okay. Go back to tie talk. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so Sandy wants to know what Ryan thinks of Seth. Like, obviously, Seth doesn't have many friends, so Sandy might be trying to set them up a little. And um, Ryan's all dressed up now, and to my point, he looks great in his tie. And as Sandy says, it sure beats a jumpsuit. And then by that, I, I, initially, I didn't get what he meant. I was like, why would he be wearing, like, an Adidas tracksuit to this event? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, like, oh, jail. You're so slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe giggle. <laughs> So we meet Marissa's mom and little sister for the first time. Caitlin Cooper here being played by a young Shailene Woodley. Um, do, you, do you know Shailene Woodley at all, Brendan? Uh, no. Now I do, I guess. Oh, boy. I, I thought this This is, is not my this, world. I mean, I'm, she, I'm, I'm new here, guys. This is, she's been in movies and stuff. She famously said that Aaron Rodgers has a big hog. Oh, does he? That's what she said. <laughs> I guess she must be on, on hogtalk.org. She was dating Aaron Rodgers, and then when it came out that Aaron Rodgers was like anti-vax, she countered it by saying, uh, "Well, he has a big penis." That was—I was going to bring that up. I wasn't sure if that was related or not to the anti-vax stuff. I'm like, I guess it was. This is this is how she thought she could rectify the situation. <laughs> yeah, that was her. That's her <laughs> so that's she, essentially like when in- Kevin Spacey's tried to rectify his situation by saying, "Like, no, 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 it's oh, like, I'm gay." I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> Let's not bring Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Spacey boys. Yeah, Shane Lee Woodley. Oh, God, not the Spacey boys. Anything but the Spacey boys. Um, but yeah, Shane Lee Woodley was in Fault in Our Stars. She was in Big Little Lies. She's in, in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, so uh, also Julie Cooper here. Um, she's an iconic villain. She's a little much at first, but I think most people end up loving her by the end. So I'm interested to see how uh, you end up feeling about her. What was your first impression from Julie Cooper? Um, Not a lot uh just sort of like all right uh you know i think a, a, an impression that was just medium enough where uh she had a lot of room to grow and didn't put me off yeah okay so uh she got points from me because she references avril lavigne in her first sentence ever on the show so yeah a yeah. good avril lavigne reference will, uh, will get me on board i couldn't i, I did like so. that but I, I couldn't really tell if she was just gonna be like uh almost like a plot driver or if she was going to actually be like a focus of some episodes here and there but she seemed kind of kind of like a, a background wife where her husband was going to be more of the focus in the parent sort of yeah. plot lines uh, much like uh rachel bilson she is not main cast just yet but by the end of the first season she will be promoted to main cast so. okay uh, i did like her froyo role. line later on oh yes that's funny i keep saying this is this isn't the show with bad parents but already with uh ryan and marissa have been shown to have not the best parents so Sandy and Kirsten really doing a lot of the legwork here, and even Kirsten a little, little judgy to to start it off. So yeah. I, I promise these parents will will start to like them soon. Enough. Right, we've seen much More worse. Than just Sandy. So uh, for now, this is this is pretty good. Yeah, we see right here with Julie, like she tells Marissa to let her hair down to make herself look better. Something about her hair being harsh on her angles. So we see what kind of mom Julie right. is to Marissa, kind of like a stage mom wants her to uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. alter the way she looks. But um, these are kind of the kind of comments that just kind of roll right past us. We're seasoned vets yeah. of terrible, <laughs> shitty. Exactly. Really high-strung, vain parents. Yeah, so we enter the fashion show, and we get a nice welcome to the dark side from Seth. And, uh, well, it's not the it's like the, the pre-fashion show, kind of like the pre-party thing where everyone's, like, mingling. And everyone wants to talk to the new cousin from Boston slash Seattle. Um, or, or Canada, if, if, some, yeah. if some people have. So all these rich ladies are practically hitting on this child. Like, 
I, Ryan, improv Ryan just rolls with it. He's like, yep, I'm from Canada. <laughs> but I mean, not that he's doing a great job because all he's saying is yes. He's doing the yes, but not the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's half good at improv. Yeah. Um, so Ryan's going to ask for a uh, seven and seven at the bar. Uh, famously, also Troy Barnes's first. I was going to say twenty-one on Community. Uh, oh, Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff, I was going to say Jeff uh, hates this drink. Yeah, Jeff said never order a seven. He seven, says it's so. a bad drink for girls or something like that. Yeah, he'd be very disappointed with Ryan. Yeah. Um, I, I have, uh, I have no idea what a seven and seven is, but as the alcohol mm. connoisseur, you have an alcohol podcast. Do you know what it is? Uh, I think it. I know it's obviously like half of it is seven up, and I want to say it's like brandy or something like that it's i think it's just it's it's soda and liquor so that's all it is but i, I don't know what this so other yeah, well, seven what's the other for. seven i think it's all like right. the name of a brand of some sort of shitty brown liquor all right well you're no help and i'm not gonna look it up so uh yeah. we are not gonna solve basically that if it's just it's a soda liquor terrible drink <laughs> well so i guess much like in a uh, gossip girl they will just serve teens alcohol if they're rich but yeah. in this universe the parents don't always let them get away with it because uh kirsten sees it and takes the drink from ryan i know i thought that was interesting where this show seems to be a little bit more down on alcohol where gossip girl seems alcohol positive like we we, oh, ce- yeah. we celebrate when serena gets trashed on thanksgiving her mom doesn't seem to care um <laughs> yeah this show seems to be it seems like oh alcohol is kind of problematic yeah, and she she tells Ryan here. She's like, "I want my husband to be right about you." And if I was Ryan, I'd be like, "Um, oh, okay. Like, how are you even supposed to respond to that?" And my point, he pretty much just doesn't answer. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, "Fine, here's a drink." Okay, hey, all right. You want your husband to be right about me? Okay, good, good for you. You go away. I'm gonna order another one. <laughs> Seth is uh very awkwardly gonna say hi to Luke, and Luke responds in the same way that you usually do when I join these Discord calls <laughs> with uh, "suck it, queer." Yeah. <laughs> Usually the yeah. first thing you say to me when I sign up. <laughs> <laughs> that is true but it's endearing it's not like a, i don't say yeah, it yeah, mean spiritedly <laughs> but uh but this time seth's new best friend ryan is here to stare him down and like tell him to keep it moving yeah this is tough i mean th- this series so far makes me think that are we gonna get a lot of bullying in this show we, we don't get any of that sort of thing in gg but uh here it's like we, we have a, a, a couple very uh you know just unnecessary bullying type of situations i'm like oh is this the kind of world that we live in here is people just come after people for absolutely no reason they're like shoving seth around and stuff later so yeah um just because he isn't their favorite i guess because he's a nerd it's like, so, <laughs> just so, he's a nerd yeah. yeah yeah so now we are halfway into the episode and we finally meet the queen of the series summer roberts obviously um at least right now, not as legendary as Blair Waldorf. Not not in the early going, at least. It's going to take some time for them to really find her character. But right. Ori, Brendan, I know you don't like her right now. She is iconic, and I love her. And she is eyeing Ryan and wants to know who the new guy is. So um, Sandy sees Summer and obviously knows that his son is in love with her because <laughs> so he makes cute. it awkward. And he seems very amused <laughs> by the whole situation. He's like, ah, it's Summer. Right look, it's, look, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then, Ryan hits hits him with the uh, way to salt this game, Mister Cohen. <laughs> I don't, like he uses this later on in the episode. Yes, uh, Sandy picks up picks up the kid's lingo. And yeah, I, I didn't later. figure that out until just now. No, I, I rewatched oh, it. And I saw it on the rewatch, so I was very excited about yeah. that. Um, Seth and Ryan sit down at the kids' table. <laughs> Seth knows Chester by name. He's like, "Hello, Chester." <laughs> this is great. 
so funny. I mean, that's all there is to the joke. They're just at the kids' table, and Seth is talking to one of them. And great acting by the kids, too. Just like the, that, those blank stares are very comedic. <laughs> um, so the fashion show has begun. Marissa's emceeing, says they're raising money for the Batters Woman Sheltered. And uh, Summer comes out to model. And I, I don't know about this look, but I'm no fashion expert. Um, I don't know. It, this, she just looks like the most early 2000s girl ever in this episode. She looks like she's in clown makeup almost, but... It's it's working for Seth as he gets a little woody at the kids' table. <laughs> what does he? <laughs> I don't think I don't think they pan down. But you can see he's he's definitely feeling it. He's like, ooh, summer. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he was sat at the kids' table pur- purposely so that he wouldn't get overly excited. They, Hopefully, they can kind of tone it down. Be the woody the woody boys. Oh, I like that. Yeah, of course you like that. <laughs> Uh, Marissa's next up, but first, uh, she and Summer have both stole a bunch of alcohol, and they know how to party, so they're gonna they're gonna actually drink it instead of just giving it to Kirsten like Ryan did. And Marissa's gonna walk down the runway, gives a little look to Ryan instead of to Luke, and uh, you better believe Luke is noticing this. I you mean, better uh, believe. Yeah, Luke is obviously a dick, so good for Marissa for not even trying to hide the fact that she's flirting with someone else. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. Um, it, it seems like even from that little scene of him picking her up earlier, you can just tell she's not thrilled to be like she's like almost stuck in yeah. this situation she's like this is just what i do i stand outside my house he picks me yeah. up and i have a terrible time you think it's probably like a blair and nate situation where they've been dating since like kindergarten or something right. and she's just expected to date this guy um no brendan if the guys at yale ever find out the marissa and summer win a fashion show they'll be shoe-ins to get in oh that's that's true that's all it they takes, loved when, when they found out serena was in a fashion show <laughs> that's absolutely true but um, don't tell don't tell of- the uh the old ladies of that that uh the comedy club that they were in Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of uh, the uh, Blair and Serena friendship, what do you think of the Marissa and Summer friendship? I, w- I was speaking about this earlier a little bit, but it seems like not as lopsided as the Blair-Serena one, where, which is the obvious parallel here. But obviously Summer isn't necessarily jealous of Marissa at all, and they're just like best friends with all that baggage that Serena and Blair have. Right. They're just, they're just two rich best friends. Um, they seem immature but in a fun way like you were saying lita had talked about how uh you know we're getting the pre-boarding school serena here so i guess i guess that's where we're getting because we keep seeing uh what's her name uh go back to the alcohol she kept pouring more stoli into her cup um Mm -hmm. and she's such a tiny skinny little girl i'm like this is not going to end well and and then later (laughs) on it's just like we see like a tough situation for her friend group just being like oh you know what just let's just fucking leave her here she'll be fine but also (laughs) like she'll be fine yeah i mean they probably know pretty well because they have been friends for so long like this happens seemingly often enough because her dad does mention how she comes out uh she comes back home super late so they probably know oh, like, yeah. oh she passes out every time we drink so we'll just leave her in the fucking <laughs> in the driveway mm-hmm. she'll get in eventually um but i guess that's just their age group and it's it's not a, a great look for her friends and it seems like they don't care but they uh probably just know more about her than i do so all right, so wow, given the benefit of the doubt this summer. Yeah, it, <laughs> I didn't love. I didn't love it at first, and I'm, I'm glad Ryan was there to help out later. But yes, yes. Um, she's just, you know, where we. I keep having to remember that these are teenagers, and they're they're here to party. They're here to have a good time, um, and I'm sure they will grow and get better. All right, well said. So yeah. over at the adults' table, someone mentions to Jimmy that they expect to die a very rich man because uh, Jimmy's their financial advisor or whatever he is, and Jimmy reacts very weirdly to it, you know, very nervous energy again. So uh, we don't know exactly what the deal with Jimmy is, but where do you where do you think all of this is going? I don't know. I, I'm assuming, like, we, we talked about, compared him to the captain earlier, it's got to be yeah. something similar where he, he has this sort of high-profile job and something's got to come 
down crashing on him. We, we don't know what he even really does yet at this point. Um, so I don't know if I could say what's going wrong with his job, but I'm assuming he's doing something illegal. Yeah, so he, he tells his wife he's going to get some fresh air, and Julie just completely ignores him. So he, he goes to the bathroom, crosses paths with Ryan, and he goes in the stall and just starts hyperventilating and freaking out, and Ryan is just outside the stall listening. Uh, Jimmy cannot even wait for the bathroom to be empty to do this little uh, freak out here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, breaks off the toilet paper roll. The toilet, yeah, he hulks out on the toilet paper roll. <laughs> he's just like, <laughs> I mean, this is also just how I prepare for shit also, so I don't really blame him. Yeah, you just rip the entire thing off. Yeah, right. Um, I'm, a, I'm a one roll per wipe guy. <laughs> Summer introduces herself to Ryan <laughs> and the blow fashion past that. show. <laughs> not going to do some yeah, shit I'm talk. Just, yeah. Yep, no, we're not doing so. This is not the shitty voice. <laughs> All right. Uh, Summer introduces herself to Ryan after the fashion show, and this is big because I mentioned the core four a lot and how they, um, you know, are going to team up a decent amount of time throughout the series, but within the core four, I've always said that Ryan and Summer are by far the two that have the least one-on-one conversations. So to see this right off the bat, Summer and Ryan having a oh interesting, I, I like to keep I like to keep track when I watch. Every time I see a Ryan and Summer scene, a one-on-one scene, I'm like Ryan and Summer scene, and I would text all of my friends and be like, "It's a Ryan and Summer scene." It's two <laughs> and in this so, in this scene, like when they do speak together, you can just tell he's got absolutely no interest, and he never will. <laughs> he's not interested. So like, I'm not really worried about these two ever hooking up honestly i mean maybe they will because yeah, it's a teen Ra- drama and like whatever happens happens but yeah. i don't see them being endgame obviously because of the way they introduced the other two um well right. him him like, ryan and, clearly right this is just not him. for marissa yeah. yeah so she is going to invite him to the party the after party at holly's house and ryan immediately tells seth about it and he convinces seth to go by uh, telling a little lie he says that summer invited both of them and that she specifically asked for seth you gotta love yeah. that yeah, and seth is like yeah that makes literally no sense but all right let, let's go <laughs> And it's, and, uh, it's amazing how quickly he has his back here. I guess because he just oh, maybe yeah. he's Seth must be like nobody Ryan's ever met before, and he could he could see um, the guy needs to live a little bit, and he's going to help out. Absolutely. That. And so they go to the party and swing, swing by the All American Rejects, please. An all timer for me. I love this generation of uh, All American Rejects. This is yes. like this is such a a good song by a great band, and uh, we see Josh Schwartz's great music taste coming through again. Absolutely, and yeah. this, uh, this, you know, I'll, I'll get into the music of, of this show later. But this song in particular was famously uh, too sad for our friend Sanchez. <laughs> Is that what he says about it? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've told you this, sir, <laughs> but we sad. were listening to uh, we were listening to all of us, like me, Sanchez, Ganesh. I don't know who else was there. Some some girls that we were hanging out with. Adrian, I think, was there, and we were all listening to uh, Sugar Ray Pandora in their dorm room freshman year in Albany <laughs> one night. And this song came on, and Sanchez freaked out and said, "This song's too sad. We have to skip it." Aw, that's so. That's, that makes me a little sad because I, I have. And such, this was this I, was not. Um, sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna say this is not Pandora Premium, so we did not have unlimited skips. Oh wow! You, you think you had six yeah. at the time, right? Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, that that makes me sad because I spent the most time listening to this band at Sanchez's house. I had burned <laughs> CDs up in his sister's bedroom of uh, the album "Move Along." So and did we would just listen, we, sk- we, we never <laughs> this song ever came on. <laughs> Maybe he did, I song? think Swing Swing just reminded him of me, and I wasn't at Albany with him, and he wishes I was. <laughs> That's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> we can't I, listen. I remember, to Brenda's not here. It makes me too sad. I was, I was in. Yeah, I went to the bathroom soon after, and Sanchez was in in the stall ripping off the toilet paper roll, saying, <laughs> "I miss Brendan." <laughs> I don't doubt it. I didn't think anything of it at the time, but yeah, I think the pieces are coming together now. <laughs> 
Um, all right, so they they arrive in style to the after party, and this time Ryan gives Seth the welcome to the dark side. So we famously we do love symmetry here. Yes, here's my world. I know I know how to party. Yes, and Seth immediately points out the cocaine on the table. Um, <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Not, not saying I'm pro cocaine, but I'm just saying that I love that these high schoolers know how to party here. And because uh, in Gossip Girl, it seems like the characters are either just drinking for like appearances or status, or yeah. they're getting blackout wasted, like Chuck does sometimes. Yes, yeah, we, we don't we don't want to promote high school usage of cocaine, but we don't want to shame anybody. <laughs> But it's episode one of the OC, and we're already getting an actual high school party. Like, yeah, they're rich, and they still have their little events with the fashion shows. But in the OC, there are actually relatable high schoolers who do high school things, and yeah. they're not, like, out of this world rich, like in Gossip. Right. I think that, like, maybe characters... that's where the, the disconnect comes from a little bit, and that's where the connection comes from here. Is like, yeah. This is, like, the grittiness I'm talking about as well. Yeah, these characters are much more down-to-earth and relatable and getting in, like, situations that, you know, maybe we could see ourselves getting into. Yeah, definitely. We're pretty cool. And we would be invited to this party. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I would. I don't think we would have been, we wouldn't have been the guys beating up Seth and we wouldn't have been Seth. We would have been the guys kind of on the outside, like seeing the action. I would have been the guy tweeting about it. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Everyone is eyeing the new guy, especially Summer still. But Ryan, again, like we said, he's just still eyeing Marissa. He only has eyes for Marissa. And Luke is just going to hit on another girl, even though Marissa is at the party. And Ryan sees it all while getting a beer. Doesn't care. Do you have any uh, memories or instances you can remember of like a anytime later in high school where there's just like a, a new kid that was like hot and no one knew who he was and would just like walked in? Could it be a boy or a girl, just like anybody that was like didn't belong but was like a showstopper. Like, who the hell is this and why are they so good looking and just nobody knows who they are? Oh, I feel like anytime you get a new kid in high school, they just keep to themselves and no one talks to them or about them. Well, this is, that's kind of what's going on here, except for like the one or two people that come up to him and like want to bang him. I mean, yeah, I guess if we had a new kid and he was as hot as Ryan Atwood, maybe people would have started being like, oh, who's that guy? I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Or like, I guess in, the, in our situation, and if it was him, it would have been like, who's this like 25-year-old guy walking to this party right now? <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we get our Kirsten and Jimmy scene here. And remember, these two have some history, uh, very Rufus and Lily of them. Uh, really Gossip is. Girl definitely yeah, touches on a lot of things, touch on the OC here. There will be some parallels. Like, obviously not one-to-one exactly the same, but right. uh, a lot ideas. of the same tropes, yeah. And uh, this dog here, Dustin, that Jimmy has, another character who disappears maybe even after this episode. I don't think we ever see Dustin again, which is fine by me. Really? Does he go with the maid, do you think? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> well, you said the maid doesn't last either in, in uh, the other oh. household. Maybe she takes him away and they, they leave together. And I thought you were asking, show. does Jimmy go with a maid? Like you no, were does, saying, does, oh, does... do you think Jimmy gets a maid now instead of a dog? <laughs> <laughs> he walks the maid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe 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 rosa steals dustin and they just ride off into the sunset that's together. gotta be it um so kirsten can tell jimmy is not okay and tries to tell him that he can always talk to her because they have a history and jimmy just changes the subject like, yeah i'm okay what, what's with this new cousin and kirsten tells him ah, actually sandy just brought home a client for the weekend and that's when julie comes outside in her sweatpants and yells to jimmy asking if he got her froyo and you have to ask how did Jimmy, Jimmy end up going from Kirsten to, to Julie, who was going to force him to go back and get some Froyo from her? It also, it, the way this, this whole situation pans out, too, is like, so you, he says he forgot. So at this point, he, the way their house layout looks is like, there's no way he's walking to a Froyo place. So he must have right. been out, came home, then got the dog, then went for a walk. And then while he's on this walk, she like was like, did you get the Froyo? Like, no, 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 I, I'll, I'll go right. back. Like. You must have seen this guy. I don't know. Because if he was going to get Froyo, 
all walking the dog, he'd be on the way back from Froyo, <laughs> facing towards the house. Yeah. I don't, so basically, my point is that I don't think he ever planned on getting this Froyo, and he would hope, he hoped that she would forget. <laughs> yeah. But she she's like she pouts a little, and he's like, "All right, I'll go back and get it." He, like the little like, simp that she he is. Figured it out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Kirsten is asking when the kids are going to be home because Seth has never gone out before. And Jimmy answers with, don't worry, I'm sure they're not doing anything we didn't do. But in, like, the creepiest voice ever, I- I'm pretty sure there was some, like, Beavis and Butthead heavy breathing laughing after he said it. Yeah. I'm, I, he might have even whispered, like, I still love you afterwards. It's very weird. <laughs> like, he also did a little... <laughs> yeah. Nothing that we didn't do. Remember when we used to fuck back in high school? Yeah, that's definitely. Uh, are you implying that our our kids are out banging? They'll be home at five in the morning. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, back back to the party. Seth walks in on a threesome and says, "I'm sorry, I should really learn to knock in case there's a threesome going on in the bathroom." And he says all this instead of just closing the door, which is yeah. what I would have done. <laughs> yeah, it's just like as if if you're say, I'm sure this happens to you a lot, where you're in a public Walking bathroom and someone yeah, someone walks in on you and then you. <laughs> You kick, you put your foot in the door so you can explain to them what's going on. I just like yes, it's, it's famously <laughs> happening to me all the time. Yeah. But just what an, an awkward amount of time to leave the door open to continue explaining <laughs> your situation. Yeah, he's there for like three, five seconds or so. <laughs> um, yeah, and Brendan, this is your kind of party here with all these half-dressed high school girls. Yes, and the three like we love threesome talk on on Lonely Boys. Of course, too, so they had the utensils great. and they made it work. They sure did. Um, now here is. Here's my favorite party goer here. I love the Mike Mitchell type guy who just screams to no one in particular, fresh keg, everyone get naked. <laughs> yeah. See, this is a tough uh, little back-to-back scene here because we have yes. a great line in the I should really learn to knock because uh, I might walk into the threesome line and then we have the fresh keg is another great line. Um, I might give the, the, the best like joke of the episode or just line of the episode. I don't know if this is going to be a very jokey show, so I'll say line of the episode for now. But I think this might this might take the cake. There will be some. There will be some jokes, especially with. Seth okay, so I'll keep it with joke of the episode. Goes to uh, fresh keg. Everybody get naked. That's great. That is the line of the episode. Yeah. He almost got my MVP just for that one line. <laughs> and then the next, the next time we see him, he's passed out <laughs> yep. on the keg with Barker on his face. It's so true to life. Hang out with Seth still. Remember our uh, our favorite keg story. Which one was that? With Rich and Sanchez. Oh, that is. An, I tell that story. All, that, I've told that probably like a few times on the Hobby Boys. <laughs> that is an absolute cla- like what a what happened he was gar- oh was it pete that was gargoyling who was what happened it was pete any, that was any of the yeah, listeners so, that don't know what happened right if you haven't heard the story already on Whatever either one of our pay, shows this is what i think what i from my point of view <laughs> i think no i don't know if anyone challenged pete to do this i think he just does this the oh, classic thing where so. he where he says like i could gargoyle this keg and we're like pete don't do that you're gonna fucking break it and he's like oh yeah i'll show you and then rich is standing maybe like 15 feet away in uh, Sanchez's backyard. He has a, like a four-foot pool above ground. And Rich is standing near it. And Pete gargoyles this keg, which, if you don't know what that means, is when you put both feet on the keg. And so it's almost like you're just sitting on the keg. while I don't, It's not really like a feet of man by any stretch. It's probably much easier than doing a, a keg stand, but he makes it seem like it's like this amazing thing he's doing. He's standing on top of this keg. He's Pete's a big guy. Um, he pops off the top of the keg and it starts spraying everywhere. And from what it looked like to me, the exit velo of this stream of beer <laughs> hits Rich so hard in the chest, it knocks him straight into the pool. <laughs> what, what, a, what a vaudeville act. <laughs> it is like the most absurd physical comedy I've ever seen in real life. 
that thing it came shooting out of the keg at like 50 miles an hour somehow <laughs> oh man and rich is just in the pool fully clothed before <laughs> the force of the stream topples him over uh, so anyway, good. So that, that's that's a great story. Yeah. Uh, Marissa finds Ryan, and they greet each other with their. Like I said, there will be some classic catchphrases here, and Ryan's and Marissa seem to be, "Hey, hey." This is literally how they greet each other every time. Like the other OC podcast I listened to, uh, Let's Talk OC, you uh-huh. should keep track of the amount of times they said "Hey" to each other in the episode. So it's "Hey" then "Hey" always that way. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I don't know how to greet each other except by saying "Hey." Hey. I like it. Once they get it going, Straight Ryan always has his uh, Ryan always has his flirt game turned way up whenever he talks to Marissa. Yeah, and and I, I think this is like a, you know, an, an art that I should be studying, or maybe I should have been, or people out there that need help with their flirt game should really like take notes. If you're not a good talker and you just like kind of have diary of the mouth like I do, like really watch what he does and just like admire the physical aspect of the flirt. Just like all you have to say is like one word and just give people yeah. the eyes. But I, I think it also helps like the, the looks and the, the muscles are probably probably go a long way, but just kind being, of being a hunky be quiet, that guy definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More of a Ryan than a Seth, if you want to <laughs> get the girl. Yeah. Um, uh, Summer sees Ryan outside. She's going to very drunkenly flirt with him just as Seth comes by and sees it. And Seth is so hurt by this, even though it seemed very clear to me that Ryan was not flirting back. Right. But, it was a tough uh, scene for, for Seth, reason, but yeah, I guess you kept to understand that he's not a drinker and is probably trashed. And it's just yes. his drunk ba- brain telling him. Like, yeah, I was going to say know. that, too. He's definitely probably wasted like for his first time maybe and yeah. so he's not because also for some reason in front of summer he says what are you doing i named my boat after her <laughs> and, right and summer's look. first words first words ever to seth are going to be what ew who are you so <laughs> fair uh, things are going very well for seth and we get summer's iconic ew catchphrase for the first time uh love the way that rachel bilson says ew with like two syllables almost it's amazing um and so Ryan tells Seth that, you know, it's not what he thinks. She's just drunk. And Seth completely overreacts, shoves him away, and tells him to go back to Chino. I bet there's a really nice car in the parking lot that you could steal. Very uncalled for from Seth. But again, he's also pretty drunk. And uh, out of the secret's out that Ryan's from Chino. And we get Summer again. Chino? Ew. The worst thing, <laughs> the worst thing you can be in this show is from Chino. Apparently, this is as if you were Dan from Brooklyn. Yeah, Chino is to the OC as Brooklyn is to uh, Gossip Girl. Yeah, real tough. He also gets a look from like everyone at the party. Yeah, now like, that oh they God, know. That's like, where you from. Oh, look, look at the Chino kid. <laughs> I mean, based on what we uh, saw from Chino, I, I kind of, I'm on their side. <laughs> I will not do any Chino shaming. Who are the Chino boys? Oh, okay. We're, we're getting we'll find closer. It. We'll find it eventually. Add it to the list. All right. <laughs> Seth goes down to the beach to wallow, and uh, wallowing, also very Humphrey of him. That is uh, Dan and Rufus both, their famous move. (laughs) But uh, Luke and all the cool boys are there and start picking on him and pushing him around. Like you said, there's some bullying going on here. And Ryan sees this, and even though Seth was just very mean to him, he's still going to go and save him because, like I said, Ryan is a hero at heart. He he probably also understands that him being like a a partier, or seemingly so, he kind of understands, like, oh, this kid doesn't know what he's saying. He's being stupid. He's drunk. I'm not going to blame him for what he said very empathetic and yeah. he, he, i love that ryan's not even remotely scared that there's like five of the water polo players and only one of him he's still gonna go over there um he's also like eyeing the girl that luke has been talking to and kind of makes it clear that he's on to on to him and once again ben mckenzie giving the best side eye in the business just kind of shooting them both a look Oof. and finally get the first oh yeah absolutely we finally get the first ryan atwood punch of the series as luke shoves him and ryan just knocks him in the face and now Listen, I know I am famously nonviolent by nature, but there is just something about when Ryan punches someone that I'm always rooting for. It's like when Lily slaps someone for you. 
<laughs> yeah, my favorite sort of thing. I love a good when Ryan like, punches someone. You have my attention on a beach by the water. That, like I said, oh, I, yeah. I like being near the water, not in the water. So this 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 scene of uh, a good old brawl right by the water, beautiful sight. I'd much rather be in the water than um, on the sand. To be fair, yeah, that's true. Yeah, even though we are the Sandy Boys, even even though we are the Sandy Boys, yes. <laughs> um, so Ryan and Luke get into it. They're wrestling on the sand, unfortunately, and the other guys start to jump in. And Seth pulls one of them off, but then hilariously does not know what to do from there and just gets punched in the face. So. <laughs> like I've never gotten this far. Oh no! Yeah, Ryan gets pinned down to the ground, and Luke kicks him real hard in the side. And then he says Oof. the line that I'm sure you might even be familiar with: "Welcome to the OC, bitch." That one felt like something I had heard before, but also I think it might be because the first episode of uh, Letter Kenny ends with like a big fight. And as uh, the main character walks off, he says, "Welcome to fucking Letter Kenny." Oh, every, also, this the pilot. has been referenced. This has been referenced many times. Welcome to the OC, bitch. T-shirts have been made with the quote. Uh, Rachel Bilson and Melinda Clark's podcast named after it. Uh, it. It was ranked by TV Land as one of the hundred best quotes or catchphrases of all time. Wow, that's huge. Yes. This is big. It's uh, it became kind of like a a tagline for the show. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, it, it felt big. Felt big, and it was big. Uh, Ryan, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and Seth come home. They both look like absolute shit, but uh, Ryan clearly got the worst of it here, and Seth better never doubt him again. Like Ryan has only known him for one day, and he has already proven that he is there for Seth no matter what. Even though Seth is a little he loser boy. Yeah, he he goes into a a five on two once he gets there, and like that's that's your boy right there. He goes that into the a, like, of our a podcast. A, what? The Geeky Loser Boys? <laughs> the Geeky Loser Boys? <laughs> yeah, the Geeky Loser Boys. Sure. That's pretty good. <laughs> Describes it pretty I think that people would know what they're coming into when they hear that. <laughs> Welcome to Geeky Little Loser Boys, the OC podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's like so, someone willing to go into a losing battle for you. It's like, came out, not even just yeah, exactly. not even having your back for an even fight, like, like, but going into something you know you're going to yeah. be. You know. He's like, I, I might get my uh, my shit rocked here, but I need to I need to stand up for Seth. And yep. Seth tells Ryan as much that Ryan really had his back out there, and he he wants Ryan to teach him some moves, and they can totally take them next time. Yeah. So uh, Seth mentions that his first conversation with Summer didn't go as planned, but he's still happy that he's now on her radar, and uh, he asks if he should tell her about Tahiti. And Ryan just smiles and says, "Not yet." He's uh, clearly amused by his new friend. Seth. <laughs> yeah, that's what he is at the very least to to Ryan here. He's like an amusing character. Something, someone he hasn't ever had. It's the type of person he hasn't had in his life ever. And this is the perfect encapsulation of their dynamic, where Seth is just talking and talking and having this long conversation, and Ryan just listens to it all, and then at the end just smiles and says, not yet. <laughs> yeah. Another famous catchphrase. <laughs> and so Seth tells him he's never going to forget this night, and then drunkenly falls asleep. So Ryan goes outside, sees a car pull up next door, and Marissa is literally passed out drunk, like we said, uh, pre-boarding school Serena here. And Summer and Holly are going to be the worst friends ever, even though you've already forgiven them. You kind of see where they're coming from here. But yeah. they carry Marissa to the door. Holly even drops an R-bomb in the process, which is very 2003. Yeah, wow. That was and, something. Uh, always jarring when, when you're watching like an old show really or is. something and you hear that. Yeah. And they just drop her to the ground. So um, so we, we can see Marissa clearly likes to party here. You were You were noticing her drinking throughout the episode and... You know, I bet this is not the first time, like you said, that she has passed out drunk. Right, because they're, they're so lackadaisical about it that they're just, yeah. like, still giggling and, like, oh, this is so funny. Like, so, like, also, who was driving? Was there a driver say, for them? Someone definitely had to be drunk driving between the two of them. Unless there was someone still in the car when they were dropping her off, right. but I don't think there was. So, the, the fact that, that they're just, yeah. like, gallivanting around the OC, 
uh, drunk driving, dropping off their their poor friend. It'll make it canon. It seems like that, a normal a normal occurrence. I'll make it canon that yeah, that it was not Summer who was drunk driving, so she can be more easily redeemable in the future. Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> All right. Great. And I can attest that sometimes making it back to your door and getting inside is the hardest part of the night. Yeah. I mean, like, and think about us. Like, if if this was us in uh, high school, say say you had to carry me with a bunch of friends, and like you didn't want to wake up my parents and get screamed at. Would would it be so absurd to just leave me like on the porch or on the ground outside? It like, sounds like you're giving us permission, but I, I, listen, <laughs> it's like one of the it's like one of the only things they actually teach us in health class. Like, yeah. if someone is passed out drunk, do not leave them on the ground outside <laughs> their house. Like, like, Marissa could have died. It, it is yeah, a terrible of course. look for my girl Summer. In, but it sounds like something one, that's but, on brand for like yeah, tenth yeah. graders. There's nowhere to go from. Off. You're scared, Get butt yeah. up from here. Yeah, Summer. So if you were passed out drunk, I, I mean, I don't know because I feel like. Thus, we could always just like leave you at Sanchez's house, right? That there is like a safe house that we had where we could just kind of like all crash and just like, all right, they're, I think they're just sleeping, so we'll find out if they're dead in the morning. And that's what Ryan should make the pool house, which he, I guess, he does in this yeah. first episode. Yeah. Where, um, like, uh, so Ryan sees this. We we already know less than one episode in that Ryan Atwood is a hero, so he goes to save the day. He also can't find her keys, and so he carries her into the pool house with him as. Into Dust by Mazzy Star starts playing, and uh, I didn't know this song before the OC, but it really fits the mood here. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't know it either, but I felt the same way. And uh, this is where I'll bring up the music here, and the music is even better in the OC than it is in Gossip Girl, if you can believe it. Like The OC is famous for having one of the best soundtracks of any show. Like, Josh Schwartz just kills it in the music department. Yeah, of course. I I think it might just be like the uh, different, not that they're that far off um, from when they start and end, but the early 2000s to when yeah. i guess the end of the run of the oc like, that's a, such prime time music for me and like my nostalgic taste but there and i love the indie music too going like to the, to the gossip girl yes. realm of things but i think there's more it's more of a hit or miss genre in general mm-hmm. so there could be like some big whiffs with with that sort of style where all right. of the ones from like 2003 to 2007 are like absolute bops oh yeah and uh in the OC, also, we're going to have plenty of, like, live performances, too. Like, not, oh, cool. uh, so the bands are going to be on the show. So that's something to look forward to. Oh, yeah. And um, so Ryan's carrying in Marissa. And uh, this will definitely not be the last time that Ryan carries Marissa like this somewhere. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, Maybe uh, right outside the church doors, if you will. Oh. So, um, Ryan, I, that was, I, I didn't spoil anything, but that reminds me. There's like a, a slight allusion I had to future episodes. Do you know anything about what happens in the show? Uh, zero. All I know is I, I have a very vivid memory of the title, se- title sequence, and that's it. Okay, so that's very fun. So much like with A Gossip Girl, there was kind of just like one thing that I knew about the OC and I didn't know anything else, but you know even less than one thing. Zero. It's great. So... All right, back to the show. Ryan wakes up the next day, uh, probably very hungover. Oh, do we, do we he notices... like, just ha- like draw a line in the sand here and be like, hey, we're cutting this off, and next episode is uh, part two? Do we, do we like do that, or do we just like cut it off, and or is it easier to, to just like restart? I don't know. Um, like, is, yeah, this, is this a good, a good point in the plot to, to stop, or should we uh, well, move I feel on like a little we're bit further? Part, like, we're, we're, uh, I, think, no, I think we're pretty much like almost done with the episode here. So okay, we'll... cool. All right. Keep just have to go through. So I don't know. Well, f- you can figure out how to divide it up when All you're right, sure. when you're editing it. Sure, sure, I guess sure. so. Um, 
Orion wakes up the next day. He's probably very hungover. He notices that Marissa is not there anymore. And Kirsten storms in and she's pissed. Because remember, Seth has never gone out before. So uh, it's very funny that he shows up home like this for the very first time. And he also says right away that he got in a fight, doesn't remember why, and that he was really drunk. And to me, it's very, it's a very funny thing I love about Seth is that he's like 100% shameless with his parents and will tell them anything. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're pretty close. Like I said earlier about him knowing his his mom's previous love life. It seems like they're, yeah. the family is close. I guess there is only one kid, too, so that probably is part of it. Right. And his dad knows his, uh, Seth's current love life. He knows that he's into right, right, uh, right. summer, at least. So, yeah. yeah, they're very close. He has no problem telling his mom. It's like, ah, I blacked out last night. Got in a fight. I have no <laughs> idea what happened. Um, and uh, Kirsten, of course, is going to unfairly blame Ryan for this, even though Ryan was the one who saved Seth's ass. Yes, uh, you, you got to, Ooh. it's just, you know, you hate to see it. I really do. Kirsten sees Sandy coming back from a surf. He's just excited about the six-foot waves, right. but uh, she's clearly not excited at all. She's very pouty here. She tells Sandy that Ryan got in, in a fight, or Seth got into a, Seth and Ryan got into a fight, and this is what happens when you let criminals into the house and let them hang out with our son. And again, you can see where she's coming from, but it makes me so mad because, look, this is what happens, especially with rich, sheltered, judgmental people. Yeah. As soon as someone from a bad part of town rolls in like Ryan and he gets into trouble once, no matter what the circumstances are, he's branded for life. He's labeled a criminal. Right. Never get a fair shot at anything in life because just because he was in the wrong place, wrong time and has a shitty family. And like, that's why it's so great that we have Sandy to balance it out because it doesn't even phase him. And he's like, oh, well, at least Seth has someone to hang out with. Right. This is like the perfect example of like their point of views here, because obviously the, neither of them know what actually went down at this party. And if they had some context, maybe they'd think a little differently. But even without the context, they have two completely different thought processes here where she goes straight to the bad and he goes straight to like, oh, you know what? At least the fucking kid got out. Yeah, Kirsten's you know. assuming the worst. Like, at least give him... And he's, he's Seth has a friend now. Like, Sandy, got to admire him for all, only seeing the positives here. Right. And give this kid a chance. Come on. Fine! And, but, and you can see, of course, like, where she's coming from as far as... Before this kid came into our lives, um, our boy never went out, and he didn't do anything wrong. And, like, the first weekend he's here, uh, he blacks out and gets into a fight. Like, you can you can put two together and, like, be like, yeah. okay, it's obviously got to be this kid's fault. But... She Instead of know. just jumping to the conclusion, take two seconds, ask Seth what happened. Seth can say, oh, yeah, these guys were all picking on me, and Ryan actually came over and helped me. Right, Instead exactly. of just immediately storming out and being like, the criminal is corrupting our kid. Right, because you can see even when she kicks him out in a scene, like, she yeah. seemingly feels bad about it. She just doesn't – she sees that this guy probably has a good heart. He doesn't seem like a douchebag. He, he, you know, is willingly – going he's like you know what yes all right i'll go like he made the whole family breakfast right he uh yeah well yeah like i I know it's such a uh, a novel idea actually talking to your kid and doing some parenting but uh you know maybe people should try it once in a while (laughs) get him thank you thank you um so this is this is when sandy uh it's kirsten with the uh don't salt his game honey (laughs) picking up the lingo (laughs) from the kids she's like what does that mean it's like i don't know i don't know but it, it seemed to work you're letting the criminal corrupt you too? You're saying his lingo? <laughs> yeah. um, you'd rather have Seth hang out with Ryan than one of the trust fund kids around here in the Newport Beach bubble. And they get into the little spat here, and Sandy's like, you know, what happened? When we were 22, you said you'd never end up like your parents, and here we are. So he's basically saying, like, I want you to be fun again and not a rich asshole like the rest of this town. Right, because obviously that's what she's becoming. She's becoming an uptight, snippety woman, yeah. and they, they both know their son pretty well, like we, we were saying, and they don't want him to just be 
another one of these kids that they see and like that's that's not the way they grew up and they don't want them to have this sheltered lifestyle so having someone like ryan come into this world is just if anything it's like culturing him a little bit like hey check out check out what else is out there yeah and kirsten responds saying she doesn't want this kid in her house anymore he says he is a family sandy it's not up to you to decide whether they're good enough and i disagree i think that sandy should be the one to decide whether anyone's family is good enough for them or not like uh, give him a reality show where he just goes house to house and says nope <laughs> you're not good enough not he's good coming enough. with me <laughs> this, this get in the pool really house <laughs> just like 15 yeah. kids in the pool house all wandering around aimlessly yeah. all um, very quiet kids Kirsten keeps calling Ryan this kid, even though he has a name and she definitely knows his name. Like, that's probably the part that pisses me off the most. It's very, like, you're beneath me energy. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That, that is very true. Well, Ryan, he has a name. Actually, she doesn't want to humanize him. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. So, uh, Kirsten comes back into the kitchen. She starts to tell Ryan, you know, it's nothing personal, but she notices that Ryan has very sweetly made breakfast for everyone, and she's just like, wait, is that bacon? And, um... If this were Jenny Humphrey, I think that I think we might think that Ryan was like scheming to get on her good side. But since this is Ryan, right. we know that this was just a, a sweet gesture that he was doing. Yeah, he was not apologizing. He just like does this. Yeah. And Kirsten says she's sorry and that he seems like a very nice kid. But he cuts her off and just says he gets it and then hits her with a, you have a really nice family and walks away. Very heartbreaking. Right. For, from such a, a kid from such a trashy family. What, what nice manners. Exactly. He's a very polite boy. Yeah. And he walks into Seth's room. And um, he knocks on Seth's door, tells him that he's got a jet. Seth is obviously bummed, but he understands. And Ryan goes in for the handshake, and Seth hugs him. Did you say aw like I did? I did say aw. And I, and I, <laughs> I felt similarly to to, uh, <laughs> to Seth in this scene because I told you recently I went to – or did I tell you? I don't know why I talked to you about this. But I went to go see the Sloppy Boys this past week uh, in the city. And, didn't um, but I, I didn't – you didn't say that, but I did see girlfriend of the pod Nicole's tweet about it. Yeah, so – Almost the exact same. Like, so picture the scene with the two of them. I'm in the bathroom. I come out of the bathroom, and I'm washing my hands. And then two things go over for me is cool guy Jeff that Nick Weiger loves so much. And uh, I go, <laughs> oh, hey, Jeff. And he's like, hey, man, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'll shake your hand, but my hands are wet. And I just I go and grab him. I give him a hug. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't so, know. That, that might be harassment. That might be borderline yeah, harassment. Yeah, I, I think he's also saying something about, like, oh, you know, like, like my hands. And I think he... Maybe it was very loud in there, so I don't. You might have said something about like masks or like COVID or something. Like we were unmasked and we were in like a a little New York City bar, and I just go up. He said, "I'll take your COVID. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take your mask off for you. Come here. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) give me a little kiss." But it was it was an unexpected hug for him, and he didn't really hug back. Just like um, just like Ryan. He like I think he started to do like one arm around because he's like, "Oh, this is what we're doing here." But I uh, (laughs) I let go and I walked away. Well, I have a similar story where in Albany once uh, the front bottoms. Were, oh yes, they they came to the local mall, Crossgates Mall, and they were oh, doing awesome. an acoustic set in the Fye there, and also signing their new album. And so, of course, we went to to see it. And I was coming out of the bathroom, and on my way out, the singer of the Front Bottoms, Brian Sella, was walking in. That's awesome. And I looked at him and was like, "Whoa!" And he looked at me and he saw I was wearing a Front Bottom shirt, and he just pointed at it and said, "Hey, <laughs> that's me." That was it. We just passed by. The, the bathroom's where you got to be. Just like hang out in the bathroom all all set long. If you want to meet one of the band members, they got to pee eventually too, right? Yeah, that's not creepy at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. We, we we are a huge fan of the front bottoms on this podcast. Oh yes, uh, big big front bottoms guys. Should yes. we be the the front bottom boys? No, that would that Ooh, would send the wrong that, message. That would, then people might might think it's uh I think it's a front bottoms podcast. Yeah, and rightly so. No, I was gonna say or um, what's the other the movie we the movie we just referenced in Lonely Boys the uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Because the the band in that uh, movie is the Soggy Bottom Boys. Oh okay okay good to yeah. know. <laughs> um, 
So, um, what what else happens in this scene? Uh, oh, so Seth, this is, Seth the also, hug, and he gives him the map. Yes, he tells him he'll visit Ryan and Chino, and Ryan can show him around the hood and stuff. And Seth also gifts him the map in case there's some place Ryan wants to go. And once again, I said this recently on The Lonely Boys, but I've never seen one of these, so it would be completely useless for me. <laughs> yeah. But maybe people were still using this 19 years ago in 2003. It also, just like looking at a straight-up map, wouldn't really give me any ideas of like where I'd want to visit. Just like based, based on go? geography. Where do I wanna, let's look at the map. Where do I want to go? It doesn't show you what's in town, like restaurants or bars. Like, it doesn't show you anything, any sort of culture about yeah, exactly. it. It's just like, you're just seeing like places and where they might be. Which is probably why Ryan just takes the map and slaps Seth with it. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And also, like, um, don't say I'm from the hood, dick. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so uh, back into Sandy's car we go, and thank God Sandy's job like gives him enough free time to just drive Ryan around everywhere he needs to go. Like, Sandy's always available for Ryan. And Marissa's outside. They pass right by her as they go, and then we see Luke's big car pull up right after they leave. So Ryan We're is leaving this world behind. It. Yeah, Ryan's leaving. Uh, this world behind him after only one episode and it was fun while it lasted but that's it the show's over that's it and i'm like so how is he gonna go to school with these kids like how are we gonna get uh (laughs) him back over here is it really just gonna be seth visiting him and chino all the time (laughs) what is this show gonna be like yeah it'll be a weird show yeah so uh, to answer your question they arrive at ryan's house and ryan thanks him for everything sandy says he's gonna make sure everything works out and I don't know why they thought Ryan could just go home after the weekend. Like, the whole reason he had to call Sandy in the first place was because he had no place to go. His mom literally told him to get out, and his mom's boyfriend, like, beat the shit out of him. So right. even if they were still in the house, why would it be any better now? Just because a weekend has gone Well, back. I think that's why Sandy stays outside, because he's maybe he's figuring, like, this kid probably has to go inside and be like, hey, I have actually nowhere to go. I went to my last resort, and it didn't work out, so can I please stay? So he's probably waiting to see if it really was, like, right. a... a yeah, non-starter then he's like all right get back in the car yeah well yeah so ryan's got his bike he tells sandy he can take it from here but he walks in and no one is there and it seems like all of their belongings seem to be gone too uh, he looks for them and he finds a note on the counter a real nate move to just leave a note mm-hmm. and we don't know exactly what it says but we can guess it says something like uh see you ryan we're out of here go fuck yourself <laughs> pretty much and we took everything with us like stuff that looked like it yeah. probably wasn't supposed to be moved either and Sandy walks in to make sure everything's okay. And, well, everything is not going okay. Uh, he sees what's going on, sees how upset and broken Ryan is. And good guy Sandy tells him to come back with him. So, uh, sorry, Kirsten, but Ryan belongs to us now. Right, because now this kid is officially homeless. <laughs> so Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, Kirsten can't even hit him with the, he has a family. Exactly. Because right now, he does not. Right. That's our pilot! Wow. What a, what a pilot. So, I mean, we, we have some really strong josh Schwartz pilots so we the first yeah. one i've ever seen was like this is great this is amazing and then now i, I had heard you say i think a couple of times on our other show that this is an all-time pilot for you and oh, yeah. i see why i like this better than the gossip girl pilot wow i was gonna ask you that uh in a in a little bit yeah. so good to know we, and they're both very good pilots um, I probably like this pilot more as well. I don't know. It's close for me. But uh, this is pretty widely regarded as one of the best pilots of all time. Um, Josh Schwartz was nominated by the Writers Guild of America for Best Screenplay in an Episode of Drama for this pilot episode. Uh, TV, the book, which I have read, uh, ranked this as number 22 of the best pilots of all time. And The Ringer's 100 Best TV Episodes of the Century ranked this episode as the ninth best episode of the century. Oh Not God. even just the best pilot. And listed it as the number one best pilot of the 21st century. Wow. That is something. I mean, it's immaculate. It's There's nothing yes. wrong with it. it it's There's 
a lot of great world building, a lot of perfect introductions. Um, they just do a great job of setting the table. Yeah, and there's more to come because Josh Schwartz has said he sees uh, kind of the first three episodes as like a three-part pilot. So, okay. Um, episodes two and three will kind of continue on the uh, just you know setting up the premise of anything. But even as a standalone episode, this first episode is so good. And um, I guess let's just get some big picture predictions as uh, as to where we go from here. What do you All think right. is next for our friends in the OC? Well, I'll, I might need some prompting still early on because I don't remember everyone's names all that well. I, I think I'm doing so far better than I did with Lonely Boys, where I kept calling uh, Serena <laughs> Selena. Um, <laughs> it's a re- really tough start for me in that show. But um, I, I know Ryan, Seth, Sandy, Kirsten, Melissa or Marissa? Mel- Marissa. Marissa and... Summer, that's kind of like, and Luke, okay, all right, that's, that's like the, the main Luke. cast for the most part, right? Yeah, that's pretty much, and then uh, Julie and Jimmy are Marissa's parents. Okay. Um, so I'm betting on a Jimmy-Kirsten hookup for sure, getting to the parents okay. right away. Um, that seems almost obvious, and I feel, I feel terrible for Sandy for being like nice guy Sandy. That's just, mm-hmm. just got to happen at some point. Um, I guess starting off with like the main, the main, like the protagonist here, Ryan's got to get with Marissa. Like this is like the uh, the end game. He has to, right? This he is, has to. This is what has to happen in the end. Uh, and, I, and I'm also glad about the fact that there is only four seasons because we don't have to drag this on for six. Like just watching Dan and Serena on Gossip Girls. Like how many times? Like we're in season two and they've gotten back together three times already. Like how much more can we do of that? Um, right. So this and being I, more I've condensed that, is great. And the thing is, I, I have said that like. Uh, Gossip Girl, it goes on too too long, and maybe five and six aren't that good. But even with the OC, I will say, maybe I can start to see why people fell off. Because season three is definitely the only season for me that is not a very strong season. And it feels okay. like it goes on forever, where it seems like they were running out of steam and like stretching things out. But yeah. uh, luckily, they, they do get, in my opinion, and we'll see how you feel when we get down to it, that they really bounce back with season four. That's good to hear. It's good to hear when like a show doesn't completely fizzle out, where... Um, the last few are bad. At least, like sometimes you, right. you like if a show knows they've got nothing left, like all right, let's, let's we have some stuff in the tank that we just were saving for the end. Let's just hit them all hard with it at the very end, like have a really great bounce back season. That's that's good. To, I felt like to me that's like uh, what happens in the office too. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, okay, so yeah, the, the Marissa and Ryan together, and I I don't really see Seth getting with uh, Summer. They just seem like they, they he obviously has a an idea of her. Um, that might not be true. I, I feel like he doesn't really know her at all. I mean, we could say the same about Dan and Serena, but uh, I feel like at least Dan with Serena sort of knew a little bit more about her personality. Where Dan, Dan was not much better at stalking. Like, yeah, he was I think actually, so. Exactly. Like, following her around and, yes. and engaging her personality. Right. <laughs> where I th- I think Seth just like saw a pretty girl and was like, I love her so much. Um, so I don't <laughs> I don't see them getting together. Uh, maybe there's a kiss and uh, that's about it, but. Uh, who else do we have? The dog I know is gone. Maid's not oh. going to last long. Um, Sandy, uh, I think it's just going to be an all-time character. I'm excited for him. I've heard, I've heard so much about him. Love him. All right. Yeah. I think right, that, that's kind of well. And Luke, Luke uh, is going to suck the whole series. He's, he's going to make for some interesting episodes, though. All right. Some good, some good more fights. I want some more punches out of out of Luke. Oh, there are plenty of punches. Yeah. Don't you worry. Um, I will not. That is the only thing I will confirm. Nothing okay, else good. will I confirm or deny. So let's get into some segments here, and we're not even running that long. We're just past the two hour mark. That's on a my bad end here. Yeah. So, um, so these we'll we'll still split it up. They might just be shorter episodes. Maybe people will complain that they're too short. 
we'll we'll see what they like. Maybe maybe the uh, you don't know what they like. They no one knows what they like. I, I think that people do like think they know what they like, and then we give it we give it to them, and they're like, oh wait, no, I like the other thing. So we're they, here they, to tell you what you they like. like. They like whatever they don't have. That's what it is. Exactly. The grass is always greener. Yeah. Um, so let's get into user review of the week. Oh, you know, the segment we can't do because the titles are different. You can't guess the reference of the title. As I was going to wonder, I was wondering if there were stupid titles, but um, I guess they're more sensible in this show. <laughs> We're like, all right, this is called uh, The Pilot. Can you guess what that's representing? <laughs> oh, it's the pilot of the series? Oh, the, 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 right, that's good Sully movie? <laughs> oh, sorry, you're 0 for 1 so far. Uh, all right. Um, so, our good friend comedy fan is also doing oc reviews don't you worry (laughs) thank god he comes on and or whoever he she they come on and uh they were not as high on the pilot as it seems everyone else is only rated it a six out of ten that's kind of insane and they say ryan is a kid from a bad family who gets caught stealing a car with his brother. His mother kicks him out, and he ends up with his defender, whose wife isn't too happy. He goes to a fashion show of the hot neighbor girl Marissa and ends up at a party where it ends up in a fight. Kirsten doesn't want him in her house anymore, but as Sandy drives him home, turns out his family is gone. Right? So nice little recap in the first paragraph. Mm-hmm. And he goes on to say, This show might end up being good, but at that moment, I see too many problems with it. First of all, Ben McKenzie seems to be badly miscast. While I don't think a troubled youth needs to look like a stereotype, this guy already looks too well off and rich for this role. They could have at least done something about his looks. So many cringe-worthy moments, either due to a horribly written dialogue, cliche wow. moments, and painfully bad acting, mainly by Ben McKenzie and Misha Barton. I have seen young actors getting better with time in other shows, and this may be the case here. At this point, I find him, I find them awful. Sure, it doesn't help that they have to act in that unrealistic, tough and cool way that is just laughable. Like the very first scene, which was a painful joke. A positive note, Tate Donovan and Adam Brody were pretty good at their parts. Well, let's see how the show will go. Sure has potential, just needs to polish some things up. That's absurd. This is like all that is the opposite of how I felt about it. Especially because Ben McKenzie is one of the strongest actors, I think. Um, yeah. And it, they do have a point with Misha Barton, who is definitely the weakest actor of the bunch, and doesn't. Re- I mean, doesn't I guess maybe much. we'll get better throughout, but yeah. doesn't doesn't really get much better. All right. Well, that's, that's fine. I, I don't think she, like you said, she might be a, a quiet person also, so she's not going to be a super talkative girl. So stay tuned to see if comedy fan ends up liking the OC better. Yeah, I mean, because a lot of the things that. Uh, the comedy fan said is like kind of what I feel about some Gossip Girl episodes that I don't like that much. So comedy fan seems to like Gossip Girl more. Yeah, so they, far. they seem to love it. <laughs> uh, next week, season one, episode two. The episode is called "The Model Home." Of any predictions based on the episode title? Uh, not really. It seems like they're just kind of alluding to the fact that he's back and now it's his like his his house. So maybe it'll be more. Since you said it, it is like a, a part two of a, a pilot almost. It'll be kind of him being introduced to his new world as far as like the day-to-day of what his life's going to be like because for, for now all we got from ryan's point of view is like hey this is like a place uh you've never really been to just like he was kind of just being shown around but it wasn't as much of like now we're going to get to see oh what's your new life in oc going to be like from here on out all right so the little preview says the teens hide in a model home but a bully causes trouble oh literally okay yeah. <laughs> sure <All right. laughs> Not to immediately tell you that you're wrong. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get into the episode grade. Uh, since this is the pilot, I will go first, um, um, unless you have any objections to that. Go for it. 
All right. So, I mean, this is considered one of the best pilots of all time for a reason. I'm giving it an A, much like I gave the Gossip Girl pilot an A. Uh, you said this one's even better. I probably agree with you. Um, Josh Schwartz really killing it with his pilots. Definitely a strength of his. And it just sets up the whole premise of the show and all of the characters perfectly. So I have no notes. A perfect episode. An no A notes. for me. Although, I will, I will spoil. Uh, nothing about anything in the future of the show. But I will spoil as far as my episode rankings that this is not even a top 10 episode for me. Oh, my God. I have I don't have a full ranking, but I do have my top ten episodes ranked, and uh, okay. this is not one of them. I'm glad to know it can go up from here because this, I mean, I guess I'll go into my review as well. It's just like a, I I can't believe that it gets much much better because it seemingly is a perfect app. This is just like a a high quality teen drama in a way that is not cringy at all. Like I I don't mean to slander Gossip Girl too much, but they're comparable in the way that they're both Josh Schwartz shows, and they are about. Uh, teens that are also in the rich neighborhoods and whatnot but the characters in the other show just can be a little bit goofy and overly dramatic and melodramatic uh where this show it just seems to work in a better way and i don't know it, it all just seems more more classic and uh not as cliche in an uncomfortable way for me so all this stuff really worked uh i really like the way it looked i, I love the setting it's, it's nice to be out here in california instead of new york um just i, I love the I love where they live. I'm, I'm excited to dive more into this this beautiful landscape over here. But it's much more beautiful than uh, New York City. Yeah, def- absolutely. And I'm so I'm excited to just like meet more of these likable characters. It's just like it's refreshing. I just have a, I have a feeling I'm going to like this show a little bit more uh, because it's more typical in the way that we have people that we are going to root for. Where Gossip Girl, um, I might be in the same boat with you where I might end up like holding Gossip Girl higher in my heart because we grow to love these misfits in a way and uh but i feel like i'll appreciate the oc more for what it is as a piece of art but gossip girl sure. is like is lovable in a in a, a different sort of way where we're just like oh these these fucked up people the, we, we just we just love them because they're all so interesting in, in their own facets but uh so far the oc is just like a, a classic good quality television show so big big a for me all right, so two A's, a perfect episode right off the bat. Now, MVPs. As I said earlier, this is Ryan's episode, and I'm rewarding him with the first MVP. Not only is the whole episode told from his point of view, but we see right away why we're supposed to care about him and root for him. He saves Seth's ass. He saves Marissa's life, potentially. He makes breakfast, even though Kirsten hates him. And uh, he gets out of his shitty home at the end and gets to uh, hang out with the Cohen. So definitely a win for Ryan, and he gets my MVP easily. Yeah. I mean, I said at the top of the show, too, he's my favorite character so far. Um, He just silently goes through the episode helping everyone. (laughs) He's just making everyone's lives better uh from the shadows uh and even gets, though kirsten get, thinks he's making it right worse, he's he, actually he gets a lot it. of shit for it but he's just helping everyone little does she know um and doesn't even he just takes it on the chin he's like you know what i, I get it <laughs> he understands everyone's <laughs> point of view and still does a great job at being himself so mvp for ryan i'm sure there's many more to come all right two ryan mvps i think you might be right about that now for lvp you know there's a few options uh, you know, you have Summer or Holly for being terrible friends to Marissa. Uh, I always hate Jimmy. Luke is obviously the worst. But I was so mad at Kirsten in this episode that I was ready to uh, to to give it to Kirsten just for the way she treated Ryan. But then when we were talking about it again, I remembered uh, Dawn and AJ. And so Dawn is just such a shitty mom right yeah. off the bat. So I, I have to give the LVP to Dawn. Okay, fair. Um, 
I think I might just give it to Luke just to give it to like, all right, here's a plain and simple, a protagonist and an antagonist uh, for me being like a newcomer. I don't know enough mm-hmm. about these people to have context around the characters and their motives for certain things. So I'll just, since Ryan's supposed to be the best and this guy's supposed to be the worst, I'll, g- I'll give him the uh, LVP. All right, perfect. So Luke is going to get one and Dawn is going to get one. And that's all for the segments, except for, of course, not Lonely Boys Theater, but uh, I don't know, Sandy Boys Theater. <laughs> for now, <laughs> Sandy Boys Theater. Let's let's get to it. All right, so we are going Sandy, to Sandy. Not even going to be in this this scene. I guess he's later nope. later on. We're gonna we're gonna stop it when he when he comes. <laughs> so, uh, iconic scene where Marissa and Ryan meet each other, and uh, it's a big moment. Who are you going to be, Marissa or Ryan? I mean, this is one of your favorite shows, and it seems like you're a huge Ryan stan. So I, I'll I'll give it to you if you want to, you know, kind of exude his energy and kind of live through his shoes. I'll, I'll let you be him. You you could be the hunk of the show. All right. So you, all right, finally the hunk of something. So <laughs> you can be Marissa then, and uh, and you'll start it off. She 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 doesn't have any like like verbal quirks, does she? I guess she's just like a, a low talker, like a quiet person. Yeah, kind of. I, I like um, I like doing Chuck a lot in our other show because he has such a way of speaking. Right. I think this is just like yeah. a, a, like girl. I don't know how to do girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, do your best. All right, I'll try. Who are you? Whoever you want me to be. Okay. Hey, can I bum a cigarette? <laughs> <Is> your <voice? laughs> oh, more, I'm more walking of me. over to you. I'm, <laughs> hand, I'm handing you a cigarette. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. So, what are you doing here? Seriously? Seriously? Stole a car. Crashed it. Actually, my brother did. Since he had a since he had a gun and drugs on him, he's in jail. I got out, and my mom threw me out. She was pissed off and drunk, so Mr. Cohen took me in. Oh my goodness. Uh, that's pretty cool. I'm... Very uh, wet, I'll say, but uh, you're their cousin from Boston, right? Right. And then Sandy walks out, and we're going to wrap it up there. Short <laughs> one, but an important one. Very good work by both of us. Everyone hi, hi Maritha. Oh, my favorite nephew. That's, that's, that's Sandy. <laughs> that's Sandy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my favorite nephew, Ryan, <laughs> all the way from Seattle. <laughs> hey, something. Looks to be a lover's quarrel turned ugly. <laughs> wow. Incredible. We, we, we've gotten so that's- good at that. That was really good. Yeah. Um, that's all except for plugs. And I don't know when this is even coming out, so I don't even know what we have to plug. I want to say, let me do a quick little calendar. Oh, here's a calendar. There's one on the computer. It'll be out the probably on the 1st of June. Wow. What a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> it's really something, this thing. It has a bunch It'll of numbers and a bunch of days. It's pretty cool. It's um, crazy. So if you want to plug anything relevant to the first of June, you can. But I guess we'll we'll just say uh, thanks, thanks. If you if you're here listening to this, then thank you. Thanks for supporting us and being here. And if you you must have liked Lonely Boys enough to to be here, so I'm I'm sorry if this is worse. But uh, thanks for joining this ride, and hopefully I enjoyed the show and you enjoy us talking about it. Wow, that was beautiful, Brendan. Um... <laughs> All I'm going to say is let's save the Save by the Bell reboot. Everyone get a Peacock account so you can watch it. You need to save the show. It is the best show on TV, and we are all still devastated that it got canceled. Um, as for that, I don't know what's going on in June, so I don't know what I'm going to be plugging. Uh, but you can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan at Ruppy Puppy. You can follow the Hoppy Boys Pod, his other beer-related podcast yeah. at the Hoppy Boys Pod. And... That's all I got. Yeah, and I guess I'll, I'll just like say that uh, if you're if you're just listening to this on the 
tier that you get this show and the average Joel's, then there's always more. You can always sign up for the, I think there's, there's going to be like five tiers or something like that. But the one that has all the stuff, the, the keg head, you get this show, you get the average Joel's, you get the backyard boys, you get the hobby boys monthly special. Um, you get <laughs> character Clyde from the hobby boys has his own show on that one. Um, there's just, there's, there's just so much stuff happening on the, the largest tier for 10 bucks a month um just to get all that there's just so much nonsense happening so if you, if you like our nonsense um it gets really crazy over there and uh check it all out and yeah that's that's all i got so for all of one of you that are in that tier i hope you're yeah. enjoying everything <laughs> and for all three of you that are in this tier listening to oh, this podcast right. yeah um you know reach out to us say say hello and yeah, that, inter- interact. That's it. yeah so next week Oh, next week. I don't know when these come out. Is you know, I'm still Two in weeks lonely from now. boys mode. I yeah okay. So whenever the next one comes out, we will be talking about season one, episode two, the model home. Oh, how do I even end this? I can't say you know you love us. Oh my goodness. Um, all right, but until then, you know, j- just just join us. That's it. All right. Until uh, then, Sandy boys you know, out. Just join us, Sandy boys out. You know. <laughs> all right. We will find a way to open and end the show, and also find a name, but. <laughs>